WLEW Sports Network presents The Game of the Week with Clark Ramsey, Dave Hansen, Doug Cole, Rochelle Ramsey, and Dan Banky. You're listening to the WLEW Sports Network, powered by AgriValley Services. The first of the postseason hardware is up for grabs, and two undefeated teams are set to battle it out tonight on the gridiron. It's the 8-0 Cassidy Redhawks on the road up against the 8-0 Hemlock Huskies. Good evening from the heart of the Saginaw Valley, Hemlock, Michigan. You're listening to the WLW Sports Network. I'm your host, Clark Ramsey, for tonight's broadcast. Alongside of me, as always, is a true professional. He even has a license to prove it. Please welcome Dave Hansen. Thank you, Clark. Happy to be here. And so far, uh, Hemlock gets an A-plus grade for their hospitality. The field looks excellent for tonight's game. Last week's warm weather has made way for a more stereotypical playoff atmosphere, but not a lot of popping circumstances needed for the intensity that we can feel in the air tonight. There's a district championship on the line, and it's win or go home for Cass City and Hemlock. I love the Phil Collins reference. I don't know if you did that on purpose or not, but uh, in all seriousness, it is win or go home for Cass City. And even though Hemlock has a very good win over Millington on their schedule, overall, their schedule is fairly weak, and I like Cass City's chances tonight. The Hemlock Huskies enter the evening with an 8-0 record, and much like Cass City, are trying to secure their second district title in school history. With a stout defense and prolific offense, it seems that no matter where you are on the field, Hemlock has a weapon for the occasion. Statistically and on paper, they seem like they have everything going in their favor. But they don't have a ton of playoff experience, and I think Cassidy can use their physicality and exploit that weakness. A year ago, Cassidy finally got over the hump and won the school's first district title. Now they are once again at the table looking for another round and hoping to get back to the state semifinals. Before Cass City can even think about a regional title in Ithaca, they have to give their hands full tonight with an opponent quite similar to themselves. No doubt about it. Hemlock is a little more balanced. We'll dig into them a little later. They like to pass the ball as much as they run it. Cass City will mix in the pass enough to keep them off balance. Coming up in the next 55 minutes, we'll look at our other area games, host our media roundtable, and much more. It's Cass City at Hemlock for the district title right here on the WLW Sports Network. Presentation of the WLEW Sports Network is being brought to you by Thumb Settler, the talk of the thumb. DIA services of Cassidy for all your grain handling needs. Kotic Radiator and Air Conditioning of Maddox. Rainey's Hunting Center, 269 Guns. Here in Daily Tribune, home of the Prep Zone. North Star Bank, guiding the way. Here in Auto Parts, Farmers Co-op Grain Company of Cassidy. Countryside Sales and Service and Stacks Market of Owendale. Thumb Bank and Trust, Community Strong since 1895. The Michigan High School Athletic Association Ensure Health. Better health, better life. Are you sure? Internet services are provided by Agar Valley Services on the blazing speed of their TrueNet 4G wireless network. Go to agarvalleyservices.com for broadband internet that you can count on. This game broadcast is a copyrighted presentation of Thumb Broadcasting Incorporated. All rights are reserved. Any reproduction without the express written consent of the WLW Sports Network is strictly prohibited. prohibited. 
Over the last decade, the WLW Sports Network has had the pleasure of broadcasting playoff football from all over the state of Michigan. In 10 postseasons, we have had the broadcast from 16 different fields and covered a total of 38 playoff games since 2011. Tonight, we can add a new team and a new location to that list. Hemlock, Michigan. A beautiful complex located just under the shadow of Saginaw, Michigan, north of M46 on Hemlock Road here at Bob Wallace Field. For nearly every single one of those playoff broadcasts, I've had this same partner standing to my right, and tonight being no exception. Good evening once again to Dave Hansen. Same to you, Clark, and uh, as I said earlier, so far Hemlock uh, gets an A+. The place is absolutely great. Uh, even the blue track is, uh, is I'm getting used to that to my eye right now. A special thanks to the entire Hemlock Athletic Department, especially Athletic Director and Principal Keith Green and Assistant AD Jamie Galbraith. I will say, being here in Hemlock, it feels a lot like being home in the thumb. Just a small town that loves their community who enjoys nothing more than cheering on their hometown football team. Sure does, and I think you uh, you nailed it right on. This is a, a team that feels like should be in the Greater Thumb Conference, and uh, I love that about it. This is going to be a great football game, two very evenly matched teams, so looking forward to the result. No matter where we are broadcasting in the state of Michigan, whether it's Marquette, Michigan, or wherever else we are, <laughs> To our left and to our right tonight for the first time is our Director of Sports Information, Doug Cole. Each and every week, Doug Cole runs the roads from all the way from Livonia, Michigan for us. He handles all the offensive and defensive stats for us simultaneously. Doug, normally I feel bad for making you drive all the way to the thumb, but I'm pretty sure this week you almost had a shorter driver than us. Well, that's what I thought until I found out that I had a drive that was 15 minutes longer. Ah, it's close though. But I was I love driving and I'm not complaining one bit. I was we don't mind meeting you halfway once in a while. But uh, how was your ride up? Did you make any stops? Uh, my ride up was great. I did make uh, one stop. I had to look this one up online since this is my first time in Hemlock. I decided to pick Farmer's Home Tavern, and I had a crispy chicken salad uh, while enjoying watching the Masters. Ah. It doesn't get the Doug Cole seal of approval. You got it. Oh, thank goodness. Another week's success in dining with Doug can continue. I think it's about been 100% over the last couple of years. You know, it's remarkable. It's remarkable this happening, but even miracles can happen even at Augusta. All right, to our right and to our left this evening would be the best spotter in the business, Dan Benke, our director of visual data. Dan is able to see into the shadows of the trenches for us and is able to seek out the ball carrier as well as the tackler on every play. Trust me when I say we would not sound half as smart, and that's uh, that's a stretch there, if we didn't have Dan Banky in our ears the entire game. Sure does, and as a former player, he uh, brings an extra level of uh, advice for us. He sees things as they're happening, and obviously uh, a great person to, to talk with on and off the air about football. So love having him here helping us out. And back again once again this Sunday is episode number four of The Strong Sign. Join Clark Ramsey, Dave Hanson, and Paul P. Adams on Sunday at 7 p.m. as we break down the third week of the postseason and take a look at who survived their matchups as well as quarantines. Tune in to Sports Radio 1021, WLWSports.com, and now also live on YouTube. Just go to YouTube and search for WLW Sports. Not only can you listen to the strong side, but now you can also watch the strong side. It's absolutely right. 7 p.m. on Sunday night, and just an 11 player alone, we have Cassidy and Ubley. Two big games tonight. Can't wait to see if both of our teams can advance another week. The postseason has stretched into its third week, and you're tuned into the right place as Cassidy comes onto the field in their all-white road uniforms. It's all right here on Sports Radio 102.1 FM and WLWSports.com. 
Stay right there as up next we'll host the Thompson Chevrolet Media Roundtable. You're listening to the WLW Sports Network being powered by Anchor Valley Services. Cass City at Hemlock up next. Listen to the WLW Sports Network in more ways than ever before. Tune to Sports Radio 1021. Download the Cruise 102 app on your Apple or Android device. Listen live and worldwide at WLWSports.com. If you missed the game or you want to go listen to it again, just go to WLWSports.com and click on Replays or also now in Podcast Form. Wherever you get your podcasts, we are there. Just search for WLW Sports. And of course, now also the strong side on YouTube. It's now time for the Media Roundtable, presented by Thompson Chevrolet of Ubley. If you're looking for the latest models from Chevrolet, look no further than Thompson Chevrolet Find New Roads. Join me tonight via text message from the Huron County View, the New York Jets of the Roundtable, Paul P. Adams, our in-game editor. <laughs> that's the best I could do. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. It's pretty good. <laughs> our in- he, hasn't, he hasn't won yet. So our, in our, our in-game analyst for WLW Sports, Dave Hansen, the top spotter in Michigan, east of US 131, Dan Banky and our reigning Media Roundtable champion and director of sports information, Doug Cole. Through the end of the season, we keep score of our game's predictions. When that time comes, we will deem a Media Roundtable winner. In our last broadcast, Doug Cole secured his fourth victory of the season. As a result, Doug Cole has extended his lead to three games with a maximum of four weeks left of the playoffs. Might as well start engraving that trophy. I agree, but I think calling uh, (laughs) Paul... The New York uh, Jets at the round table is a little harsh. He does have a tie on his record. Oh, that's true. All right. You're right, Doug. I apologize, Paul. I'm sure he's listening. Oh, th- there's no doubt about it. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it's, it's, it's fun it is to pick on Paul. Uh, the, the, Dan and I are in not much better shape here. So uh, we need our teams to advance a couple weeks here. So we got a shot at maybe splitting it with you. But at this point, I, I think you have secured at least your half of the, of the trophy. So how it works, each meter representative picks a winner and a final score for tonight's feature game on the WLW Sports Network. The winner is deemed by selecting the winning team and by having the most accurate point differential. If no one selects the correct winner, then I, Clark Ramsey, will graciously accept the victory for the week. Since Doug won last week, he will go last. So tonight's order is Paul P. Adams leading off, followed by Dan Benke, Dave Hansen, and then Doug Cole. Paul Adams messaged me earlier on our way over here from Hemlock, or to Hemlock, and he said, here's my prediction for tonight. Despite being on the road, Cassidy enters tonight's district championship at Hemlock as the favorite, according to Paul P. Adams, according to the most of the local experts. But the Huskies feature a solid passing game and will need to keep the Redskins, or excuse me, Red Hawks honest. Paul P. Adams believes the passing game, along with home field, will just be enough for Hemlock to win this one. Paul P. Adams is taking Hemlock... 24, Cass City 18. So Paul B. Adams taking Hemlock by 6 points, 24 to 18. Dan Banky, our spotter, he's on his way. He has to travel all the way from south of 69 over in Port Huron. So he's still trucking over this direction. And according to Dan Banky, he said, we are in for a dandy of a game tonight. Hemlock is the bigger team in Cass City, the faster one. With Bad Axe giving them problems last week against Hemlock, Paul, or Dan, excuse me, Dan thinks that Cass City will learn off of that. Badax's speed gave Hemlock issues, and Cassidy is fast as well. But Hemlock has a weapon in his pocket, according to Dan Banky. They run the spread and can throw the ball pretty well. We saw Cassidy struggle at times against the pass. USA and Reese come to mind for Dan Banky. But in the end, Dan thinks that Cassidy's defense will hold strong and force at least one turnover. 
and that will be enough to hold on for the win. So Dan Benke has Cass City winning the game 20-12 to over Hemlock. Dave Hansen. Well, I, I like what both these guys have to say, and, and for Paul, who doesn't have a win yet, uh, I can speak for him. I, I'm sure he's trying to differentiate himself from us to try to get yes. off the schneid, so to speak. But uh, I, I like where Dan's going, and I, I think the fact that Bad X kept this game very close last week is a positive sign for Cassidy. Um, I believe Cassidy is just a slight better team than Bad X Hatchets are, but the Hatchets are beat up. They had a lot of injuries, and I think with a healthy Cassidy team, they have enough in the tank. They didn't show offensively that they can do it. We know they can score a ton of points. I think the running game gets going today. I think Bryce Fernald has another nice game. They're going to ask him to throw it four or five times, and I think he'll complete three or four of those, and those plays will be big, and I think the physicality that Cassidy showed against Sandusky last week, if they carry that momentum over, that physicality up front, I don't know if Hemlock's going to know what's hit him. That local thumb area physicality, I think, comes into play, and again, for my pick, I need to differentiate myself, knowing that Doug is picking behind me. I'm going to take Cass City to win the game 26-16. to 26-16, to 16, a 10-point victory for the Cass City Redhawks, according to Dave Hansen. So we have two for Cass City, one for Hemlock, and that leaves Doug Cole. Well, what I'm concerned with uh, is Cass City has not faced an offense like Hemlock, uh, an offense that likes to air the ball out. The only exception is when Cass City faced Harbor Beach. And however, I believe they held uh, that Harbor Beach to zero points, or it was a low total. Very true, yes, indeed. So I trust this defense, and I think Cassidy's offense will make enough plays to get the victory. I have Cassidy winning this game 26-20. to 26-20, so a six-point victory for Doug Cole and the Cassidy Redhawks. So the experts have spoken. Three for Cassidy, one for Hemlock. Doug Cole taking the under for Cassidy, 26-20, a six-point victory. Dave Hansen at the top end, Cassidy 26-16 by 10 points. Dan Banky in the middle, Cassidy 20-12 by 8 points. And Paul P. Adams, who's covering the ugly Flint Beecher game tonight in Beecher, and he's taking Hemlock 24-18, Huskies by 6 points. Now let's take a look at other area games across the region. We'll start out in eight-player football. Game taking place tomorrow at 2 p.m. Morris, the defending state champion, who beat Merrill last week 38-20. They host Adrian Lenaway Christian, who's 8-0 in the season. They beat Mayville last week 78-14. They mean business. I tell you what, th this could easily be a state championship game. These are two of the best teams in Division I. Uh, Morris, always the favorite until beaten. I just got a sneaky feeling that Adrian Lenaway Christian is playing such good ball right now that they are going to upset Morris tonight. I, I believe with that as well. I, I hold true tomorrow, to that as well. Me, tomorrow, tomorrow at 2 p.m., yes. The winner of that one will go on to take on either Martin or Marcellus. Marcellus edged out the number two seed, Lawrence, last week, 36-32. Martin blank New Buffalo, 50-0. And Martin's averaging 51 points per game in the postseason. On to Division Two, one local team, North Huron, the Warriors. Hosting Mount Pleasant Sacred Heart, the Irish, this game tomorrow at 1 p.m. in Kindy. North Huron did not play Sacred Heart. Despite being in the same division, the NCTL Stripes, one of two teams they did not play due to the shortened season. Sacred Heart beat All Saints last week 51-12. North Huron won 34-14 over Peck. And I don't know if, if Case is going to play for North Huron, but if he's able to play, that adds another uh, weapon to the arsenal. But 
I just think North Huron has things going their way. Whatever's been thrown at them, they've been able to overcome whatever. It's been an injury or penalties or whatever. This team is just destined to win another football game. I'll take North Huron to beat uh, to beat Mount Pleasant tonight. And much of that credit goes to the athletic director and head coach, Chad Knoblock, one of the best in the business. Sure does. Very doesn't get enough credit for the job he's done and has kept that team at a very high level, maybe even one of his highest levels it's been in years. North Huron and Mount Pleasant Sacred Heart. The winner of that one will take on either Portland St. Patrick or Colon, the Magi against the Shamrocks, tomorrow at 2 p.m. in Portland. Colon 7-1, Portland St. Patrick at 8-0. Moving on to Division 8 football, Ubley uh, still on the road and on the road for the first time this postseason. They travel to the one seat of the district, the Flint Beecher Bucks. They are 7-1 in the season, Ubley 6-2. Ubley trying to make it to the regional final for the second year in a row. They've won five in a row this season since losing to Sandusky in week number three, 20-38. Rattle off five straight, including a win against Flint Hamity, a team that Beecher also beat. Correct, and I, I think the Bearcats are absolutely just, just playing their best football. And yes. It's just typical ugly football. They they come out of the gates sometimes a little slow, but every game they just slowly and consistently get better. And uh, Flint Beecher had the week off last week. Unfortunately, Harbor Beach was unable to play due to a COVID scare, but uh, that Lack of tape, I think, hurts Ubley the most. I don't think Flint Beecher is going to challenge the Bearcats. I think, no. I think, I think the Bearcats take care of business tonight. And I think it actually hurts Beecher for not playing last week. They have to sit around and they haven't played in 14 days now. There's no question about it. I just think that they, when they meet, they're a finesse team, and when they meet the physicality and get punched in the mouth that first quarter against Ubley, those first two drives, I think the tone will be set. I think the Bearcats win this game by a couple scores. Well, we saw that when Beecher played in Harbor Beach two years ago. That first series, Harbor Beach. Oh, you were getting married, so you weren't at that ball game. But uh, Harbor Beach came out and hit him hard, much like Ubley does. We certainly know that. Beecher didn't want to get hit the rest of the game. I'll take it a step further. Uh, the Harbor Beach Pirates were not at their best this year. No. I think Harbor Beach could have beat that Flint Beecher team. So I I, I, that's how much confidence I have. I think the Bearcats win tonight. And, of course, the winner of that one, Ubley, hopefully, will be taking on the winner of Fowler in Carson City Crystal. Fowler at 6-2, and two, the one seed in that district. Carson City Crystal, the two seed. The, the nice thing about that is it doesn't matter which team wins. If Ubley wins, those teams are coming up to Ubley if they win, yes, which is did. very neat. Ubley could go back home next week. For the regional final. Of course, Fowler have, has allowed six points in the postseason. Car City, Carson City Crystal allowed just 13 points. On to Division 7, of course, our local team here, Cass City, at 8-0 on the road at Hemlock, who's also a no first time meeting in history. Both schools with just one district title each in school history. And the winner will take on Ithaca. Puamo Westphalia, three-time champions in the past four years in Division 7, had to forfeit due to quarantine. They beat North Muskegon last week with 18 new starters. They did not have 18 new starters last week, and they still beat North Muskegon. So to uh, not put it as nicely, the JV team beat North Muskegon Correct. last week. Yes. Uh, that's If that tells you anything about how good Puamo Westphalia is, that program is at the top of its game, and we were, we were going to lose out on what should have been the best game of the weekend in Puamo Westphalia taking on Ithaca, the one and two seed uh, in Division 7. Would have been an awesome game, but instead, Ithaca gets a bye, and the winner of this game gets the pleasure of playing in Ithaca next week. Yes, indeed. And of course, on the other side of this bracket, Traverse City, St. Francis, and Charlevoix, as well as Evert and Ascota. Those are the other four teams in the adjacent region, which will meet in the state semifinals. We are 32 minutes away from kicking off the district final in Hemlock, Michigan, and you're listening to the WLW Sports Network being powered by Ayer Valley Services. Cass City at Hemlock in 32 minutes.
You're listening to the WLEW Sports Network. Clark Ramsey, Dave Hanson, Doug Cole, and Dan Banky with your call tonight from the west side, west of Saginaw, Hamlock, Michigan. The Hamlock Huskies are currently enjoying one of their greatest stretches of football in school history. Over the last three years, Hemlock has accrued 24 wins and just five losses, none of which have occurred this year. The last time a three-year winning stretch has happened for Husky Nation like this, you have to go all the way back to 1973 to 1975 or the Nixon administration when Hemlock went 9-0 in back-to-back years, followed by an 8-1 campaign in 1975 under coach Bob Wallace, who subsequently the field is named after. Unfortunately for them, though, they did not make it into the first-ever playoff in 1975, despite a good record. Fast forward 40 years to 2015, Adam Clark took over as the head coach for the Hemlock Huskies. In the last six years, has gone 38-20. and 20. He took over for Bruce Bendix, who was 27-24, and 24, and Adam Clark has coached at Swan Valley, uh, Carleton, Bay City Western, and he has now been a teacher at Hemlock for 10 years. So a lot of history, some stability here for the Hemlock Huskies, which I think has helped. And every year that he's been the coach, he has done nothing but win more games. He only won three games his first year, but he's won eight the last three years and has made the playoffs, obviously, in all of those years except year one. In Hemlock's first game of the season, they beat St. Louis 49-0. They lost one of their star players in Michael Zielinski. As a starting tight end and linebacker, Zelinski, who is six who is 6'4 and 215 pounds, the Huskies need to shift around some players and wait for another key cog of their offense to come back online. Despite all the injuries, Hemlock has accumulated over 2,800 yards of offense in eight games. It all starts with senior quarterback Dylan LeGrow. Dylan LeGrow is the heart and soul of this offense. He is their quarterback. He stands 5'10", 175 pounds. He'll play some defensive back as well. Doesn't carry the ball much. He only has 32 carries on the air for just 80 yards, and he does have four touchdowns. But his M.O. is passing. He is 68 for 107. That's 63% completion percentage for 1,100 yards and 15 touchdown passes. Uh, He averages about 6 out of 13 per game and 141 yards through the air. So look for that balanced attack and the aerial assault led by Dylan LeGrow. And he also averages just under an interception per game. Also that, an interesting fact. That is true. He just, uh, he's got, I think, five of them on the year, if I remember correctly. So he, he is susceptible to throw some interceptions. With Hemlock accumulating over 1,600 yards of rushing in eight games and nearly 1,200 yards passing, clearly the Huskies have a balance of offense to keep defenders at bay. You'll see Hemlock come out in a variation of what I call the pro set, with Dylan LeGrow in the pistol formation, tailback and leading running back Robert Knappick behind LeGrow, and then fullback Espen Miller at the quarterback's side on the strong side acting as a lead blocker. This variation allows for plenty of different looks with plenty of playmakers situated all across the playfield. They're just trying to create mismatches. Uh, a lot of our local teams uh, like to run the wing tee. They use deception and, and try to throw off linebackers. This offense, they will try to overload sides and try to outpower you in this running game. But Robert Knappick, a junior. Espen Miller, also a junior. Both average over seven yards per carry. Uh, Robert Knappick has been the lead back. He has just shy of 150 carries on the year for over 1,100 yards and 13 touchdowns. He actually had 27 rushing attempts against Bad X for 120 yards last week and Espen Miller is back from a meniscus tear from last year Uh, he just has 32 carries but he's done a ton with them 224 yards and four touchdowns in those five games so he is may not get a ton of touches but he does a lot of damage when he does in the receiving core Hemlock has five receivers with at least 150 yards on the season tight end Max Dittinger who has attempted six passes in the season as well 
leads the team with 18 receptions for 301 yards and six scores. Absolutely averages 17 yards a catch, but the other guys uh, who are right there with him is Corbin Larkin and Bryce Murphy, both juniors. Uh, they Larkin will play predominantly in the slot. Murphy is your other outside receiver. Uh, both guys have over 200 yards receiving. Both guys have caught a couple touchdowns, and both average over 15 yards per catch. So when these guys catch that football, they, it is for big gains and big plays down the field, which would explain why Dylan Legro is not afraid to push the ball down the field and possibly turn it over once in a while. Last week against Bad Axe, Hemlock, Hemlock had 353 yards of offense, but also allowed 367 yards on defense. They're averaging 36 points on offense, 11 points on defense. It's time for a short break. When we return, we'll take a look at the Cassidy Redhawks. It's all right here on the WLW Sports Network, being powered by Anger Valley Services. Cassidy at Hemlock, coming up next, right here on Sports Radio 1021. You're listening to the WLW Sports Network. It's the district championship tonight in Division 7 between Cass City and Hemlock from Hemlock, Michigan. Clark Ramsey, Dave Hanson, Doug Cole, and Dan Banky with their call tonight from, I will say, the friendly confines of Hemlock, Michigan. For the sixth time in seven years, the Cass City Redhawks find themselves in the district championship. The good news is Cass City is going for their second straight district title. The bad news, if looking strictly from a statistic perspective, Cassidy is just one of five in this round of the playoffs. Regardless of what the stat book says, though, the play on the field is all that matters. And at the helm for 18 of the 20 last years would be head coach Scott Cathrell. And Coach Cathrell is 104 and 75. He's won 58% of his games. He first started coaching 2001 to 2008, and then a couple-year hiatus, and then 2011 is when he took over again. Uh, they were Greater Thumb West champions now three years running, 2018, 19, and 20. They lost in the district final game. Six times they've lost 04, 05, 2014, 2015, and 2017, 2018. And as you mentioned, they got their first district title last year and then followed that up, obviously, with their first regional title as well. This offseason, Cassidy had the massive task of replacing four-year starting quarterback, Sandin Cathrell. Like Dave mentioned last week, in the later part of the 2019 season, they moved Cathrell into the backfield and brought Bryce Fernald under center to open things up for their offense. And that move has paid off dividends this season, with Ronald and his offense with accumulating a total of nearly 2,900 yards of offense in just eight games. Absolutely did. And remember, Sandy Cathrell really benefited from that. He obviously is a phenomenal athlete and did a great job at quarterback. But by moving him to running back, it allowed Bryce Fernald to not only gain experience for this season, which is really the biggest factor, but it allowed that team last year to not to throw the ball to Cathrell and use him as a weapon or hand it off to him and then work off of him in that way. It made it whole way more versatile, way more things going on. Bryce Fernald this season has completed 57% of his passes. He's actually t- attempted 28 passes, completed 16 of them for 260 yards and four touchdowns. He was 6 of 12 last week for 51 yards, and a big key to the game was a couple of those completions that he had and followed up by his running game. He has 100, 450 yards and six touchdowns on the season, the fourth leading rusher on the team. The backfield of Kansas City is one of the most solid units in the entire Garetham Conference. Behind Fernald stands three backs ready to go. Alex Perry, Jordan Mester, and Noah Zaleski. Between those three alone, they have rushed for over 1,700 yards and accounted for 23 rushing touchdowns, 
That's not too bad. Not bad at all. And you got to start with their senior running backs, led by Alex Perry and Noah Zaleski. Uh, Alex Perry, their leading rusher, he has over 100 carries, 700 over 700 yards and 11 touchdowns. Noah Zaleski has 70 carries for 460 yards and four TDs. And uh, Jordan Mester, the junior, uh, very nice speed back for them. 74 carries, 530 yards, eight touchdowns. All these guys average well over six and a half yards per carry. And any one of them can beat you on any given night. They very much, you go with the hot hand. If they find a weakness, that guy gets the little extra carries on the night. But last week, there wasn't much to show. The leading rusher last week was actually the quarterback, Bryce Fernald, with 88 yards rushing. None of these other three guys totaled 50 yards on their own. On defense, Cassidy is still at the top of the list for the entire Garethum Conference. The Red Hawks are allowing just eight points a game and have given up double digits in just three games this season. The other five games, Cassidy's defense has held their opponents to a collective three points. In the first three weeks of the season, they allowed just a field goal. That's right, just three points, and that was to Reese. And in the regular season overall, four and a half points per game. And in the playoffs, 19 points per game. They did give up 26 against Reese that second time around, but just 12 last week against Sandusky, and we know six of those came in extra innings. Yes, indeed. We are just 16 minutes away from kicking off the third week of the postseason. The district championship then gets the pleasure of traveling to Ithaca to take on the top team in Division 7. Keep it locked on. Your home for high school football. Up next, we'll take a direct comparison look between the Red Hawks and the Huskies right here on the WLW Sports Network being powered by Anchor Valley Services. You're listening to the WLW Sports Network. Listen in and tune in to the Strong Side this Sunday at 7 p.m. on Sports Radio 1021, WLWSports.com, and now also live on YouTube. Just go to YouTube.com and search for WLWSports.com, and you'll see our smiling faces there on the Strong Side Sunday at 7 p.m. as we recap this entire postseason week of football. As the crow flies, 54 miles separate Hemlock and Cassidy High Schools. For those who made the journey from Cassidy tonight, it was an hour and 20 minute excursion from along M81, a slight jog in Saginaw, and then west on 46. In regards to school size for the MHSA Division 7 playoffs, Hemlock is the ninth largest school in the division. Cassidy is the 53rd largest, or better known as the sixth smallest in the division. 281 students for Cass City, 353 for Hemlock, so it's by school size, Hemlock by 72 students. Tonight is the first game that Cass City and Hemlock high schools have ever met on the gridiron. All time, Hemlock is 8-2 against the Greyertham Conference. The Huskies are now 3-0 against Maddox from 67-68 in last week. They're also 5-2 against Reese. They used to play regularly in the early 2000s. In front of us tonight, we have two prolific offenses. Hemlock averages 36.5 points per game, while Cass City scores just shy of 40 points. Cass City has scored 35 or more points six times this season. Hemlock has accomplished that same feat five times. So on offense, it's Cass City by three and a quarter points. Defensively, in 2020, Cass City is still the best in the Greyertham Conference, allowing about eight points per contest. Hemlock, the number one seed in this district, enters tonight's district championship with a defensive average of 11 and a quarter points. So defensively, it's also Cassidy by 3.1 points. Las Vegas has set their line for the game. They're confident that line, unless it's wrong. 
Our colleagues at the Ohio State University and Jim Harbaugh Sports Wagering Department said after factoring in all possibilities, stats, injuries, weather, and location, this Redford tonight's game sits at Cass City, five and a half points. Tonight is the 318th day of the year, meaning there are less than seven weeks until 2020 is complete. For those who are just joining our broadcast, thank you for listening. We find ourselves in Hemlock, Michigan for the district championship between Cass City and Hemlock. Hemlock got its name back in the 1865 year when its first settlers arrived and was named after numerous hemlock trees in the area. Which, Dave, that leads me to this week's trivia question, the lumber industry. Uh, yeah, well, as okay. soon as you started talking about trees, I, I assumed we were in that area. So, yeah, let's go. Let's see what you got. Now, we have done lumber once before. I don't know how many years ago, but we talked about lumber at once, but these uh, are new questions for you. The, the, the last decade really can matters. be a blur, and yes. all these trivia questions are off the wall sometimes. Especially so let's see what you got. Especially when you go back 17 decades for this question. <laughs> Just 10 miles east of Hemlock, Saginaw became quickly a major player in the nation's lumber industry, beginning in 1847 when it sent its first shipment of wood from Saginaw, Michigan to New York. My question to you, Dave, what tree type? Put Michigan, in particularly Saginaw, on the lumbering map. What type of tree? What type of tree? Yes. Um, boy, there's just, you know, so many to choose from. This would have been a great multiple choice question. Just saying. Uh, well, let's... Well, all right, here's a hint for you. It's the state tree of Michigan. Oh, oh, well, that's that helps a lot. I'll go with the white pine. Hey, very yes. good. Very good. The official tree of the state of Michigan, the white pine. As forests in New York and Maine were becoming depleted, the discovery of 200-year-old and 200-foot-tall white pine trees in Michigan made it a hotspot. By 1870, Michigan was the largest lumbering state in the Union. The Saginaw region alone had more than 3 million acres of white pine forests. And just a note, the Grand Hotel on Mackinac was constructed of that same white pine in 1885. One of the key attributes to Saginaw was its access to water. Not only because of Saginaw Bay and the Great Lakes, but also the rivers that all converge into Saginaw, allowing the timber flow to easily get to market. So, Dave, how many rivers come together to form the Saginaw River? <laughs> and we, we drove over the Saginaw River today. Uh, right. So, let's uh, let's see. So, we have... Let's see here. There's I, six there's, rivers. Well, I, I, I know there's... Uh, I can name a couple of them, because we have uh, our, one of our favorites, the Mighty Cass. Okay, yes. And uh, we have... Titabawasi and Shiawasi. Mm-hmm. Uh, Didn't you go to Ferris? Stop. <laughs> oh, one of those pain, rivers goes through Big Rapids. Pain, pain, yeah, to the right. Uh, how about the Chip River? Yep. And I draw a blank, so I'm going to go by your hint and say there's five. There's I'm six. Missing one. There's ah. six. Okay. Titabawasi River from the north, Shiawasi River from the south, Chippewa and Pine Rivers from the west, Chippewa River, that's Big Rapids, and then the Flint River from Flint and the Mighty Cass River, which course runs through Cass City and all the way over to Ubley. Flint and Pine River is what I did not have. There you okay. go. The peak of Saginaw's lumber production occurred in 1882 when it achieved a record number of board feet in a year. How many board feet were cut in mills along the Saginaw River in 1882? Board feet? Board feet. One foot by one foot by one inch is a board foot. In 1876, how many boards? 1882. 1882. I mean, like, it makes a difference. Feet? That doesn't. Uh, let's see. How about we go with uh, a billion? You know, I'll give you that one. One really? billion, one million, two hundred seventy-four thousand nine hundred five board feet. So one billion, one million board feet of lumber 
1882. It felt like a good guess until you told me I was a million <laughs> off. <laughs> I'm just saying. If you look at the percentages, you're, you're spot on. There you go. As a result, Saginaw exploded in population in 1850. When it all started, Saginaw had a population of only 2,609. In 1884, the population had grown to 75,813, an increase of nearly 3,000% in 34 years. And speaking of lumbering, what are your three keys to tonight's game, Dave? Uh, well, let's talk about those Cass City Redhawks. Number one, it's time to show off that thumb area physicality. They need to bring that same intensity they did against Sandusky last week. If they are able to put on that kind of performance, that front seven dominated the line, eliminated the running game of Sandusky, and was able to take all four quarters and win that game because of that. If they can bring that thumb area of physicality to this Hemlock team, I think they can knock them on their heels early and take advantage of that opportunity. Number two, looking at last week's game, they need to be a little bit more creative on offense. You just can't keep running into your the back of your guards and tackles on every single play. You're going to have to find a way to diversify that offense earlier in the game. You cannot wait till the second half to make changes because this Hemlock team is one deep pass away from scoring. They can do it at any time. So number one, they need to be more creative offensively. And, and number three is defend the pass. This Hemlock team is going to pass the football about 40% of the time they absolutely want to air it out and they can continue to do so if they find it good find it working Bryce Fernald uh, whoever plays in the secondary they're gonna be asking everybody to cover receivers and tight ends in man-to-man coverage they are going to have to win those battles they an interception is possible this quarterback Legro is a gunslinger he's willing to throw the football he is not afraid to throw it right at you and he's okay with a turnover he has accepted that but the big plays follow and if you can eliminate those like the Hatchets did last week, I like Cassidy's chances. It's time for one more short break as Hemlock is coming down the field. Cassidy going through their final warm-ups. We are five minutes away from kicking things off in the District Championship in Division 7. Right here on Sports Radio, 1021 being powered by Anger Valley Services. Listening to the WLEW Sports Network, Hemlock hosting the Cassidy Red Hawks for the Division 7 District Championship. A cold night out there. We'll get to our current conditions in just a moment. A beautiful night for football indeed. Hemlock in their all blue home uniforms, Chicago Bears stripes on the s- sleeves, white numbers with their names on the back, and Hemlock on the front. Cassidy in their road white uniforms, matte gray helmets with the numbers on each side. And we listen into our PA announcer here from Bob Wallace Field in Hemlock, Michigan.
Current conditions in Hemlock, Michigan are 35 degrees with mostly cloudy skies. They're calling for a 0% chance of rain this evening. Winds are the west-northwest at 10 miles per hour. They'll be left or right across your radio and gusting up to 15 miles. Visibility at 10 miles. Permax pressure is rising at 30.11 inches. And the dew point is at 24 degrees. It feels like it's 28 degrees out there. Humidity is at 62%. Sunset was nearly two hours ago at 5.08 p.m. And we're currently in a waning crescent moon phase. So I think it's safe to say it's a beautiful night for football. Sunrise 7.25 this morning, 5.08 sunset, which means on November 13th, we have nine hours and 43 minutes of daylight. Hemlock won the toss, elected to receive, so they will start out on offense. And your quarterback for Hemlock, a 5'10", 170-pound senior, Dylan Legro, number 10. Tailback behind him would be Robert Knappick. He's a junior, 5'8", 170-pound junior. And the fullback to the left of Legro would be Espen Miller. He's a junior, 5'10", 220 pounds. Your center, Braden Bryersdorf. Right guard, Jeremy Wozni. Right tackle, Braden Green. Left, ta- left guard, Alex Bretternitz. And left tackle, Hunter Hahn. And your tight end, Max Dininger. Slot receiver, Corbin Larkin. And your wide receiver is Jacob Shelagowski. Kicking things off for the Cassidy Redhawks would be number 44, Alex Perry, on defense. On a 5-3 defense, your nose guard would be Matt Mahalik, a 5-10, 185-pound pound senior. Defensive tackles, Connor Herford and Ryan DeLong, both above 6 foot. Ryan DeLong, 6 foot, 205 pounds. Connor Herford, 6 foot 4, 230 pounds. Your defensive ends, Jacob Shantz, a senior, and Noah Zaleski, a senior. Right around 6 feet, right around 200 pounds. Your middle linebacker, Jeremy Velasquez, a 6 foot, 190 pound senior. Outside linebackers, Alex Perry and Dustin Nagley, both 6 foot. Alex Perry, 205 pounds. Nagley, 185. Bryce Fernald, your free safety. And Kyle Jordan, Jordan Mester, your cornerbacks. Kick comes in from Perry at the 28 yard line, brought in by Hemlock's number 42. And he gets out to about for four yards out to the 36-yard line. Tackle made by Jeremy Velasquez on special teams. And Hemlock starts out first and 10 from their own 36-yard line. That's right. The game is underway. And this time, we're very interested to see the special teams was an issue for Cass City last week. Uh, They had some punts that were epic fails. And then on the kickoffs, they went for those low line drive squib kicks. This time it was a pooch kick high in the air, and an up man is able to haul it in and just barely get a little yardage, and we will see the Huskies come out in a spread formation. A full shotgun. Legro rolls to his right looking pass. He has three receivers down right, comes to the near sideline, throws this one straight out of bounds, and this will be incomplete. Hits the Gatorade cooler on the bench. Incomplete, second down and 10 from the 36. Good coverage there from Cass City. You said it. That is extremely good defense by the Cass City Redhawks. The play action right out of the gate. We're going to see quarterback Legro run from that pistol formation. It's not a true shotgun. It's a very shallow shotgun formation. But this time, a true shotgun, one running back in the backfield, three receivers to the right. They run play. They run that read option, and it's a roll to the right, and Cass City has to cover for about eight seconds, and they do a great job. Two to the right, one to the left. And a quick pass into the, into the slant at the 40-yard line, a four-yard gain. Tackle made by Matt Mahal for Cass City. Two on the excuse me, number two, Bryce Fernald on the tackle brought in by Corbin Larkin, wide receiver, 5'860 pound junior. Third and four. That time Cass City settles down into a bit of a zone, and Bryce Fernald is that deep center fielder. He reads the quarterback's eyes, being a quarterback himself, and he, he breaks on the route, and as soon as Larkin makes that catch at the for a four-yard gain, he is hit in the back and tackled immediately. From the 42-yard line, staying in the pocket, quick pass. It's a screen pass to the near sideline brought in by Robert Knappick out of the, out of the backfield and brought down by Jeremy Velasquez for Cass City, but it's enough to move the chains. They needed four, and they got six. 
They're at the 47, first and 10. That's design pass play. Uh, quarterback knew exactly who he was going with it, but he does a great job with his eyes, and that's going to be difficult for Cass City not seeing a true passer like this as he stares down the center of the field and then quickly turns to his right, dumps it off to his running back, and he's able to get just enough on that pass for a first down. Man in motion. Now going to the far sideline, and it's going to be a handoff right up to Robert Knapp. It breaks out one tackle. He has the first down across midfield, across the 40. He's off for the races at the 25, and he's no one in front of him. Touchdown, Hemlock. From the 53 yards out, Robert Nabbitt breaks out of three tackles and finds himself in the end zone on just the fourth play of the game. Robert Nabbitt from 53 yards out puts Hemlock up early, just a minute 18 into the ball game. 10:42 left in the first, and it's 6-0 Hemlock. Wow, and it's just it's just a draw. They, they've run a little motion for the wide receiver. He comes up to the line of scrimmage and then goes back out decoying the fact that he's going to catch a screen pass, and it's just a draw. It's not a read option by any means. The quarterback takes it. It's a slow handoff to the running back. 75 had him in the backfield. That was Justin McAlpine. Had a clear shot at him, and when he missed, Napick was out in space, and there was nobody near him. Napick is able to outrun everybody, and Hemlock scores first as they will line up for two. Same three to the right, one to the left. LeGros rolling to his right. Cassidy rolling and in thrown at the feet at the goal line incomplete. So the score remains 6-0. The two-point version is no good, but Cassidy already trails a minute 18 into the ballgame, 6-0 to Hemlock. You're listening to the WLEW Sports Network. Finkbeiner's kick comes in at the 20-yard line, brought in by Bryce Fernall. Blue jerseys swarmed to him at the 29-yard line. Out for a 7-yard pickup. Tackle made by Corbin Larkin, as well as Braden Green, both starting on defense, a safety and linebacker. First and 10 for the Cassidy Redhawks, trailing 6-0, 10-37 left in the first quarter. Nice kick there by Hemlock, and a pin Cassidy a decent ways back, but now the as the Hemlock Huskies strike first, Cassidy's offense will come on the field and see if they can answer the call as their defense gives up a long touchdown, a very uncharacteristic touchdown given up by that Cassidy defense. See if the offense can pick them up here and get, get on the board early. Coming to the T formation, three men backfield, Alex Perry, Jordan Mester, Noah Zaleski, Bryce Fernald under center. It's a handoff to number 33. That would be Noah Zaleski. Goes right through the gap, breaks out one tackle, dragging three jerseys with him across the 35 and finally brought down at the 38-yard line. Stopping him was Robert Nack Robert Nack out of the secondary, a nine-yard gain for Noah Zaleski, second down in the yard. And that's just power. That's what we're talking about. So this Cassidy defense is going to be left on islands. You're going to see their defense is out there. They're going to have to cover man-to-man, -man, play zone. They're going to ask that front four to stop the run. They failed on the first drive. Now the offense comes on the field. You're seeing that front four, that front five, the offensive line, push back Hemlock. Zaleski takes the ball, runs right off the left side, and pushes those Husky defenders back. Fernald hands it off immediately to Jordan Messer. Breaks out of one tackle, has the first down across midfield and into Hemlock territory. Finally wrapped up at the 30-yard line. Tracked down by Robert Nabick, the safety, and a huge gain from the 37 down to the 30. A 33-yard pickup for number three. Just that easy. You see him get, when he gets, when you get in that wing tee, when you get past the tackles, 
it's a sprint, and Jordan Mester shows off some speed, and Robert Napick is fast. He's able to go stride for stride with him and pull him down. But if Napick doesn't get him, Jordan Mester ties this game up. So two big runs by Cass City showing their offensive line winning the battle early. 6-0 Hemlock leading Cassidy in their first drive of the night. Hand off to Alex Perry. Has room to run, dragging his defenders nearly to the line again. Down to the 21-yard line. Tackle made by Corbin Larkin out of the secondary. He's a safety. 5'8", 165-pound junior. Alex Perry will take him for a ride all night. Wow. You've seen three running backs. You've seen three carries early for, for Cass City and some big runs to start the game. Alex Perry's got one. Noah Zaleski's got one. These guys have had big holes to run through and have been dragging defenders. A couple big plays to start this game. Nine-yard pickup for Alex Perry. Cass City already with 51 yards on the night off of three plays. Second down the yard. Fernald under center, handoff to number three once again, Jordan Mester. He's down to the five. Touchdown, Cass City. From 21 yards out, Jordan Mester finds the end zone on a huge gap through the hole and into the end zone. Touchdown, Cass City, and we are tied six apiece with 8.48 left in the first quarter. Well, this is a little different than we saw last week, huh, guys? <laughs> yeah. uh, we didn't see we didn't see six six until the fourth quarter, and we got we got two touchdowns. We still got eight fifty to go in the first quarter, and I tell you what, that Cass City offensive line dominated that drive. It didn't matter who carried the football, but it was big runs all the way down the field, and just like that, Cass City ties this game. Now they're going to line up and go for two. Trying to go take the lead here, Fernald under center. Hands it off to Alex Perry. He lowers the shoulder down. He's down at the half-yard line. Two-point conversion fails. So we are tied at six apiece. Tackle made by Braden Green, linebacker for Hemlock. Six to six, 848 left in the first quarter right here on the WLW Sports Network. Alex Perry's kick comes down to the 25-yard line, brought in by number nine. Bryce Murphy brought down by Kyle Jordan on special teams, and folks can't get enough of Dave Hansen, so that's why we let his mic on during the commercial break there. And now it's first and ten for Hemlock, tied at six apiece. Well, that makes up for some of the times you can't be <laughs> muted over the years, so we're just trying to level it out, that's all. I've had plenty of people contact me about the strong side last week. I see Dave's lips moving, but I don't see any hearing. Ah, that's good. I'm glad people are keeping an eye on that's me. Sometimes it, I need them to keep an eye on you. It means people are actually listening. Three to the left, one to the right. Legro hands it off to Nabic. Spins tries to spin off his first tackle, but there's Cassidy swarming into the trenches for just a two-yard gain. Tackle made by Ryan DeLong, defensive tackle, six foot, 205-pound senior. Did that play look familiar? Because that was uh, exactly the play that Robert Knappick scored on, and you can't fool Cass City twice. They run right at him, and they'll give him a yard at most there. That time that Cass City front seven doesn't, doesn't miss, and we'll see Hemlock here. No huddle, spread it out, two receivers each direction. A friendly spot onto the 44-yard line for a two-yard gain. Two wide each way in the pistol. LeGros throws to the far sideline wide open at the, 30, at the 45-yard line, but looks like... They say he did catch it at the 44-yard line of Cass City. That'd be number 11, Jacob Shalagowski, the true determined wide receiver for Hemlock. Move the chains, first and 10. Dustin Nagley and uh, Kyle Jordan are your corner and safety out there. You'll see Kyle Jordan play a lot more with this spread offense needing an extra defensive back. But Nagley and Jordan are the corners out there playing zone, and there was no one near him. The zone kind of drifted away from that outside receiver, and the quarterback doesn't miss him. 
Handoff to Nabic right up the gut. Gets out for about three yards out to the 41 of Cass City. Tackle made by the front line, Ryan DeLong, as well as Jeremy Velasquez, middle linebacker. Second down, and we'll call it six upcoming for Hemlock in Cassidy territory. For, uh, for looking at all the stats for what Hemlock has done, they certainly feel like a team that wants to throw first and run later. So uh, I know a lot of their games have been lopsided. They probably run it later in games offset it. But this, so far, is a true spread team. They want to throw the football, short passes, quick Hook routes, six-yard out routes, slant routes, the quickest thing to get it out of the quarterback's hands. LeGrow out of the pistols, throwing to the near sideline. This one's underthrown, intended for number 11, Shalagowski. At the 35-yard line, number three, Jordan Mester in coverage. Falls incomplete, third down and six now from the 41-yard line. That time Noah Zaleski at the linebacker comes on a blitz, and he gets free. Noah Zaleski and Connor Herford get in the backfield, and as LeGrow is setting his feet, and throwing that football, he's under duress. He can feel footsteps, and that ball comes out a little quicker, a little bit more short-armed, and that ball comes up short as it one hops to the receiver. So nice job mixing in a little pressure there by the Cassidy defense. See how they can hold here on third down. Two to the left, one to the right. Hand off to Napik out of the sec- out of the backfield. Has the first down. He's fast. He's all the way down inside the 30-yard line and ripped down to the 29-yard line by Jeremy Velasquez. Move the chains from the 41 down to the 29, a 12-yard pickup. So far, Dylan LeGrow is everything is advertised because even when he's not throwing the football, he's still impressive. On that play, they show that rollout, that bootleg to the right, and they actually take about three steps into the bootleg before they both stop, and Napik plants and misdirects back into the other direction, basically a delayed counter, and he goes back the direction that they left, and there are no Cassidy defenders there. A big run by Napik and a first down for the Huskies. Man in motion, that'd be Corbin Larkin. He packed a pass, quick pass up right through the slant, right behind the linebacker. He can't bring it in. Falls incomplete at the 25-yard line. Second down and 10. Max intended for Max Dininger. That time, number 60, Jeremy Velasquez of that Cassidy defense goes unblocked. He comes straight up the middle right into LeGros' arms, and he's got to get rid of it quickly. And that ball was actually thrown pretty well, just a little bit out of the outstretched arms of his wide receiver, and it falls harmlessly incomplete. Second down, 10 from the 29 of Cass City. 6-6 six six tie, 6 minutes into the first quarter. But the throw over to Shalagowski at this 15-yard line, and he's into the end zone. Touchdown, Hemlock. Shalagowski brings in the 28-yard pass from Dylan LeGrow for the second score for the Huskies tonight. And it's now Hemlock 12, Cass City 6. So far, this uh, the Cass City zone has only worked if pressure has gotten to the quarterback. Otherwise, LeGrow has picked it apart. And that time, Bryce Fernald comes over late. There's a wide-open receiver. I think it was Shelagowski. And by the time Fernald gets there, Shelagowski has caught the ball and has located the defender and turned up field. And at 6'1", 165, he just pushes Fernald right off of him and strolls into the end zone for a pretty easy throw and catch from LeGrow to his receiver, Going for two, rolling to his right to pass, wide open into the end zone. It is caught by Max Dininger, and now it's an eight-point lead, 14 to six for the Hemlock Huskies over the Cassidy Redhawks, right here on the WLW Sports Network. Three possessions, three scores between our two teams, right here on Sports Radio 1021. Kick for the Cassidy Redhawks gets all the way out to the 41 yard line. So it's right to left cross the radio for the Cassidy Redhawks, trailing 14 to 6. Right to left cross the radio, trailing by eight points for their second drive tonight. 
Pretty good field position for Cass City. Hemlock goes right down the field using their passing game and just a couple runs with Robert Knappick with big runs to set up their second touchdown on their second attempt. Cass City now going to try to do the same. They scored on just four rushing attempts last time. I assume more of the same. We'll see if the Hemlock defense is able to seal up that, those running holes that Cass City was running through. Uh, there's not one of us up here that couldn't have ran through the holes that that offensive line was creating in the last series. Straight T for Cassidy. Fernald hands it off to Alex Perry. Has a lead blocker from around the right edge of that line. And Hemlock rolls out there and stops him after a two-yard gain. That'd be Robert Knappick, safety as well as a linebacker for this Hemlock Husky defense. Second down and eight. Is Robert Knappick the only one with the tackle on I that think team? So, yeah. Unbelievable. He's, in, he's been all over the place. He's an excellent running game so far. He's made quite a few tackles on defense. And what looked like, I thought it was a ton of running room, but by the time Alex Perry got up to the sideline to turn it upfield, there was Robert Knappick tracking him, tracking him down for a very short game. Second down, eight. Handoff to Jordan Mester. Has room to run, has the first down across the 40, into Hemlock territory, the 30, down to the 25, at the 20, still on his feet, and is ripped down at the six-time-yard line by Robert Knappick from the 43 in their own territory all the way down to the Hemlock 16-yard line. A huge gain of 41 yards for Jordan Mester. Well, the way it's going right now, it's going to be whatever team gets a stop first or whatever team hits 100 first, well, whatever happens. Whatever team has one stop. One stop, That's a all stop, needs. correct. Jordan Messer has 95 yards a night on just three carries. Not bad. 115 total yards for the Kansas City Redhawks. This is just the seventh play of offense for Kansas City tonight. First and ten from the 16 of Hemlock. And quarterback keeper Bryce Fernald rolls to the right, and Robert Navick brings him down at the 19-yard line for a three-yard loss. Robert Navick had the eyes on Bryce Fernald the entire time and brought him down to the backfield. There has to be three or four guys wearing 39. That's the only explanation. This guy is making tackles 60 yards down the field, and he's got two in the backfield on this series. Uh, Robert Knappick, obviously the uh, the focal point of that defense there at linebacker, but uh, that so far, Cass City has gotten their big runs attacking the middle of this defense, the very opposite of last week. They went up the middle against Sandusky, got nothing. Tonight, that's where it's working. Hand off to Jordan Messer on the right gap. He gets out for positive yards past the original line of scrimmage, down too close to the 12-yard line. Tackle made by Robert Nabrick as well as Braden Green. Six tackles for Robert Nabrick tonight. Cass City has run eight plays. Eight plays all on the ground, and they have been rewarded over 100 yards already of offense and they are driving it right into this Husky defense they've had no answer for the power runs right up the middle we, we talked about that in the pregame that this physicality is going to be important for Cass City the offensive line has been doing it so far Alex Perry gets the handoff he's dragging defenders across the line of scrimmage across the 10 yard line down to the 9 yard line finally wrapped up by defensive tackle Noah Grandy not Robert Napick and brings up a fourth down and four to go for Cass City in well into Hemlock territory. This is the first time we've seen anyone come up with a, a third a down, let alone a fourth down. <laughs> exactly. Looking at fourth down, and they've tried Bryce Fernald, and they've been able to sniff that play out. That's kind of been the go-to play for these wing T offenses. Uh, obviously, Noah Zaleski has had the most success so far, but that seems like the predictable guy to get the ball here. Low motion on that front line, a bad snap, and Fernald has to dive forward for it. No flags called. And this is going to be well short of the first down marker. He only got two yards when he needed four. Turnover on downs. Leading the way was Jeremy Wasney, defensive end for Hemlock. 
First and 10 for the Huskies, leading 14 to 6. Well, that's a very interesting series of events for Cass City as they get the defense to jump off sides. Now, they do not create contact with another offensive lineman, but shame on every single one of the offensive linemen on the left side and the center because when that guy jumps, you need to jump too because you will get that encroachment call at five-yard penalty and a free first down. But instead, they let him get back onside, and then the center decides to snap the ball when Fernald is not ready, and it hits the turf. It's basically a dead play. Fernald just covers the ball up, and they lose a down as Hemlock takes over. Handoff to Robert Knappick, and Cass City rolls him all the way down to the five-yard line where they say forward progress has stopped. The tackle finished inside the end zone. Leading the way was Matt Mahalik, nose guard for Cass City. A three, maybe four-yard loss back to the five-yard line. Second down and 14. And Cassidy angry there. Noah Zaleski and another Cassidy defender in the backfield. That delayed handoff to Robert Napick. And as soon as he gets the ball, he gets absolutely lit and pushed back halfway into the end zone for a loss of three on the play. Second down, 13 or 14 yards here. Pressure coming from Cass City. It's a handoff to Robert Napick. He has positive yards. Is all the way down out to the 15. And they might mark him down at the 16 or even 17-yard line. A 12-yard pickup. And brings up a third down in manageable. Third down and three brought down by Bryce Fernald. Oh, heartbreaking for Cass City. You just, this run defense was so good last week against Sandusky. And on first down, you get a loss of three. And that's what you need. Because it doesn't matter as long as you, if they even the offense gets four or five yards, which would have been a good run. You can't give up 12 yards on second down because now it's third and very manageable, and now anything in the playbook can be called here for Hemlock. Napick entered this game with 1,100 yards of offense on rushing the ball, and now we have a flag as Cass City went into the neutral zone. From what I can tell, didn't make any contact. And yet the flag was pulled even before the snap. Well, that was exactly what happened on the series about three plays ago on the other side, and they didn't call it. I don't. The only difference was is one was an internal lineman versus an outside lineman. Maybe it was a little easier to see with these officials standing out of bounds, but that's a, a missed call and then another bad one against Cass City there. Nonetheless, it's a free first down for Hemlock. From the 21-yard line, back to pass LeGros, throws it over to Robert Napick, brought in at the 20-yard line, and he stretches his arm out across the 25, and they're going to mark him down for a three-yard gain, brought down by Jeremy Velasquez, middle linebacker. Three-yard pickup, second down and seven upcoming for Hemlock. If you're Cassidy, you will give that up all game long. You have to take away those receivers down the field, and then as soon as that quarterback commits to dumping it to his safety valve, which is going to be Robert Napick out of the backfield, he's just dumping it off to him in the flat. So he catches it at the line of scrimmage, and Bryce Fernald, and then another defender is able to get over there and stop him after just a short gain of a couple yards. That's good swarming defense by Cass City. Second and seven from the 25, back to pass, rolling to his right, has white jerseys chasing him down, throws it down. It's brought in by number 17. Max Dininger has the first down, dives out of bounds of the 35-yard line. A 10-yard gain when they only needed seven. Move the chains tonight. That quarterback, LeGro, may not at least so far hasn't shown that he has the strongest arm, but very accurate. Even on the run, that ball, he was being chased down in the backfield uh, by, I believe it was Herford, and then you got Velasquez in coverage, in good coverage, but he's able to just drop it right in the lead arms of his receiver and get enough for a first down. Working off the right hash, three wide to the left, one to the right, handoff to Napick, and he rides right into the teeth of the Kansas City defense for absolutely no gain, less than a minute to play here. 14 to six, Hemlock leading by eight points. Tackle made by Matt Mahalik for Kansas City, second down and 10. 
Noah Zaleski there as well. There's multiple Kansas City defenders. They could just tell that the run was coming, and they were able to kind of blitz and get penetration and hit them right at the line of scrimmage and not allow any gains. So second down and 10, typically a throwing down for Hemlock, but they have caught Cass City leaning past a couple times with a draw to Robert Knappick, so you have to be aware he is at all times. Legro back to pass, looking to his left. This one is tipped, and it's incomplete at the 42-yard line. Pass was intended for Bryce Murphy, wide receiver, 5'10", 160-pound wide receiver for Hemlock. Third down and 10, stops the clock with 24 seconds left here in the first quarter. Hemlock leading 14-6 over Cass City. Cass City gets a slight break there because the blitz from Noah Zaleski is picked up on an excellent block by Robert Knappick, and Legros is able to step into that slant, and there is no one, I mean nobody, covering Bryce Murphy. That is an absolute blown assignment, and that ball zips right through his fingertips. So fortunately for Cass City, that doesn't turn out to be a big play. Third and ten. Back to pass. He's in trouble, and he's going to be brought down back of the 30-yard line. Credit will go to number 66, Ryan DeLong, with the sack for five-yard loss. And that will bring an end to the first quarter. And Hemlock will face a fourth and 15 from their own 30-yard line. You're listening to WLW Sports Network. We played 12 minutes, and Hemlock leads by eight points, 14-6 over the Cassidy Redhawks. Cassidy's defense comes up with their first stop of the night on Hemlock's third offensive drive this evening. They're facing a fourth and 15 from their own 30-yard line, more than likely the punt team coming out for the Huskies. And they will send Bryce Fernald. And looks like Alex Perry deep back in there at their own 40-yard line. Number five, Nolan Fingbeiner, the kicker, as well as the punter. 5'9", 170-pound senior for the Huskies, stands at his own 19-yard line. So remember we were talking about that Ubley Beecher game and we thought Ubley would take care of business? Yes. We're still in the first quarter, and the Bearcats lead 20 to nothing. No kidding. Kick comes in, brought in by Alex Perry, the 38-yard line, dives and spins his way down to the 48-yard line. They're going to mark him down at the 46-yard line. Tackle made by Aaron Gunther. A defensive tackle for Hemlock and also on special teams. First and 10 for Cass City. Good field position at their own 46. I like the aggressive play by Alex Perry. Most special team punt returners, they just let that ball come to rest and you take over from there. But that ball is just bouncing. The ball was going, going to go deeper and deeper into your own territory. And Alex Perry, I'm sure he plays infield for the baseball team, scoops that ball up without any fear, picks it up, and it kind of caught Hemlock off guard. He's able to get a decent return out of it. And just shy of midfield, Cassidy's going to take their third drive of the night. And off to Noah Zaleski, trying to get out of his first tackle. He's going to be ripped down after a three-yard gain at right at midfield. Stopped by, by Braden Green. He's a linebacker, six foot three, 220-pound that's a big man. Three-yard gain for Zaleski, second down and seven. The big plays are kind of coming back to reality here for Cass City as you had to expect Hemlock to make a few changes, try to at least cut down on the running game. But so far, we've seen Cass City win up the middle. If it wasn't for a bot snap on the last series, they had a chance to tie this game. This running game is doing what they need to do. Don't worry about the 20-yard runs, but you get three, four, and five every play, you're winning. Left to right across your radio, it's a handoff to Jordan Messer right up the gut, gets out across midfield down to about the 48-yard line for a two-yard gain. Brings up a third down and five for Cass City. Stop made by Braden Green, linebacker once again. Espen Miller in there as well for Hemlock. And that time they finally stopped that quick dive, that fullback dive by Jordan Mester. That's been a big hit for Cass City in this game. He's over 100 yards rushing. He got all that in the first quarter. 
He gets stuffed there at the line of scrimmage, only gets a couple. So now third down and probably all of four, maybe five yards now for Cassidy. And he has the 44-yard line T formation. It's a handoff to Jordan Mester. He has the first down by about maybe a yard out to the 43-yard line of Hemlock. And move the chains. Stop made by Robert Knappick. Once again, leading the way for the Hemlock defense. Move the chains. First and 10 for Cass City. 10-32 before the half, trailing 14-6. Nice, nice run by nice run by Mester right up the middle. It failed on second down, so they pull it out again on third down and catches Hemlock off guard. And Mester's able to get right at that line of scrimmage for a first down. So after the first three possessions resulted in a touchdowns. Kansas City turnover and downs. Hemlock a punt, and now it's a handoff to Jordan Mester, and he bursts out of the backfield and all the way down to the 36-yard line. And there's an eight-yard gain tackle made by Braden Green. Seven tackles on the night, tied with Robert Napick now. Second down and three. Those might be the only two guys that have tackles on defense. The other ones, Just about, the, yeah. the other ones are probably on special teams. Robert Napick, Braden Green each with seven. Corbin Larkin and Jeremy Wozni at two. Noah Grandy with one. Second down, two and a half for the Kansas City Redhawks at the Hemlock 36-yard line. Left to right across the radio. We're getting a left hash. Bryce Fernald under center, three-man backfield. Hand off to Nozleski. Has the first down, rumbles his way down to the 30-yard line. You're going to mark him down forward progress at the 31-yard line. A gain of five on the play. Tackle made by Braden Green. And we have a timeout called by the Hemlock Huskies with 9.31 left in the second quarter. Right here on the WLEW Sports Network. Being powered by Anger Valley Services. Hemlock 14, Cassidy 6 with marching. First and ten for the Kansas City Redhawks. Now with two first downs of the night, but they already have one score. Scoring in bunches here in the early on. First and ten from the Hemlock 31-yard line. Bryce Fernald hands it off to Noah Zaleski. Or excuse me, Jordan Mester gets down to the 30-yard line. Nothing more. Just a gain of a yard. Tackle made by Noah Grandy. Defensive tackle for Hemlock. Second down and nine. Well, no doubt Hemlock called timeout because, again, trying to make those adjustments on the fly, using a timeout, giving not only his defense a breather, but making, again, another adjustment. And that time, they go right back to Jordan Mester, right up the middle, and the change for Hemlock worked as they only allow one yard for Jordan Mester. Second down and nine. It's a handoff to uh, quarterback keeper Bryce Fernald all the way on that far sideline. It is fooled up here even. And beyond the 25-yard line, tackle made by Braden Green, linebacker, tracks him down after a six-yard pickup. Third down and three. And that play is key. That is key for this Cassidy offense that Bryce Fernald carries the ball, oh, roughly about, I would say about twice a quarter, or eight to ten times a game. You, you want to see him keep it around the outside, and those runs up the middle will open up that explosive play for Cass City around the outside. Left right across your radio. It's a handoff to Jordan Mester up the middle. And two blue jerseys bring him down for no gain in the bay, on the play. Stop made by Espen Miller as well as Corbin Larkin, a linebacker and a safety. Fourth down and three. Yeah, Hemlock, just, they're just enough is enough. They're just going to continue to put more guys in the box, bring more pressure, jump the snap count if they can. And eventually they just put so many bodies in the middle that Jordan Messer just runs into the back of a body and gets pushed backwards. So now fourth down and three. We'll see what Cass City decides to go with here, uh, needing three yards for that first down. Third and three is a handoff to Jordan Zaleski. No, Zaleski, he has the edge. He has the first down. And they convert on fourth and three, and he got four. 
four-yard stop made by Carter Miller, defensive back, out of the secondary for Hemlock in the convert on fourth down, move the chains down to the 20-yard line. Give Hemlock credit. They have slowed this game down a little bit here, forcing Cass City to obviously it was way too easy the first series and actually the second series was going quite well but whatever adjustments they've made on defense has drastically slowed down this Cass City offense the holes have gotten a lot smaller and you're seeing guys swarm to the football a lot quicker T formation Fernald under center from the 20 yard line hand off to Nozleski goes right into three blue jerseys and still gets a yard maybe two yards Leading the way was Corbin Larkin, a safety, as well as Alex Burton. Bretter Nitz, a defensive end, six foot, 225-pound senior. Second down and eight. Question about it. Again, you've now lured in all of these hemlock defenders. So at what point in time do you allow Bryce Fernald to run play action, roll out a little bit, see if he can't dump a pass off downfield, maybe even just a dump off to a running back? Call that play. Call it early. Let's see if you can catch hemlock off guard, or do they continue to pound away on the running game? 6.55 left in the second quarter. Back to pass Fernald looking to the far as he's in trouble, and he's going to be brought down back at the 26-yard line by Jeremy Wozni, defensive end, 5'10", 190-pound senior. And that's going to be from the 18-yard line back to the 26 and 8-yard sack. And Wozni brings down for Nall, now a third down and 18. Apparently, I wasn't the only one that felt that that was the right play call because everybody else here knew it was coming, including the Hemlock defense, but that's on Bryce Fernald. He rolled out. He had plenty of time to make a decision. There wasn't anybody open. So at some point, you got to tuck your head down and run by just kind of delaying the play and slowly hanging out there waiting for somebody to come open. It allows a big body like Jeremy Wozni to catch up and sack, make that big sack from behind, instead of just talking it and running and taking what you can get. Third down in 16 is the according spot. Receiver wide each way, two men backfield for Nald under center. It's a handoff right up the middle to Jordan Mester. He gets out to the 22-yard line before forward progress is stopped by the Hemlock front line. Espen Miller, linebacker for as well as Avery Bronze, another linebacker. On on the stop, and now a fourth down in 12 for Cass City. Very interesting situation. And fourth, obviously third and 16 is not where you want to be. So you see Cass City kind of mix up the formation. They put a receiver out each way, but still run that dive to Jordan Mester. He gets a nice gain, about four yards on the play, but fourth down and 12. Uh, is not a situation where a wing T offense wants to be. So be very curious to see if they just hand it off and hope for a big one. Back to pass. A little bit of broken play. Throws it downfield. And it's over the head of Alex Perry at the five-yard line. Incomplete. And it's another turnover on downs. Forecast City in the red zone. Come up empty-handed in the trail by eight points. Giving the ball back to Hemlock with five minutes and 20 seconds left in the second quarter. 14-6 Hemlock. And I'm thinking that sack is still in the back of his mind because Bryce Fernald threw that ball off his back foot. He just didn't trust that he had that extra half a second to plant and step into it. And because he was on his back foot, Alex Perry was open. A good throw could have completed a pass well down into the five-yard well, five line. But because he threw it off his back foot, it didn't have any power to it. It just kind of floated on him and drifted just over the head and outside of the reach of Alex Perry, and it falls incomplete, and this Hemlock defense comes up with a stop well into their own territory. Now their own 22-yard line, right to left cross the radio. Quick pass. It's caught at the 25-yard line. Fumble on the end of the play. They're going to say incomplete pass. So the pass was never caught in the first place. Pass was intended for number 17. Max Dininger could not wrap it up, and it hits the turf. Incomplete pass. Second down and 10. Aiden Torres in coverage. Dustin Nagley actually breaks 
out of his route, reading the quarterback's eyes, and that's key for some of these defenders. You have to be able to feel where your receiver is at, but keep an eye on the quarterback because he will telegraph which way he's going with it. He kind of stares at that receiver, and if you can break for it, you can make a play on the ball, and that's exactly what Dustin Nagley does. As soon as the ball gets there, he wraps up the receiver and punches the ball out, and that easily could have been a fumble. Three wide to the right, quarterback keeper for LeGros. He lowers the shoulder, gets across the 25, out to the 26-yard line. A four-yard pickup for Dill McGraw. Stop made by Alex Perry as well as Ryan DeLong, linebacker and defensive tackle respectively. Third down in five after first, a five-yard game. First time we've seen LeGros actually keep the ball, and, and that's key for Hemlock. You have to keep defenses honest. They know he wants to throw the ball, and they know he wants to hand it off to Robert Knappick. By, but by him showing that he's not afraid to run the ball, it's that extra dimension of that offense that's going to make Cass City think about it next time. He runs the ball about five times a game. Fumble on the play, and Cass City scoops it up at the 26-yard line. Brought in by number 33, Noah Zaleski. was a handoff to Robert Knappick, a little miscommunication, and Noah Zaleski jumps on it, the defensive end, and it's the first turnover tonight, and Cassidy picks things up right pretty much where they left off at the 26-yard line. It's one of those, again, those unique plays where they show a rollout, they, they do a couple steps rolling out like it's a pass, and then they both stop, pivot, and then run back the other way. It's that delayed counter, and they were... Just offbeat, just a little bit. Robert Knappick takes off. The handoff comes late, and it bounces right off his thigh and kicks forward right towards that Cassidy defense, and Noah Zaleski doesn't miss it. He hops right on it, and turnover for Hemlock. Cassidy takes over well into the Husky territory. From the 26-yard line, first and 10, left red cross radio. Handoff to Noah Zaleski has room to run, is upended beyond the 20-yard line, and finally brought down by Braden Green as well as Carter Miller for an eight-yard pickup on first down. Noah Zaleski, the senior, rolling over Hemlock defenders, second down and two. I love it. A lot of coaches do this. A lot of veteran old-school coaches do this. Your guy recovers a fumble. He's getting a carry. Noah Zaleski right around the left end for a very nice gain on first down, an eight-yard run. Second down and two coming up. Cassidy now had the ball for over 12 minutes in tonight. Quarterback keeper Bryce Fernald across the 15, still on his feet, down to the five, down in the end zone. Touchdown, Cassidy. Bryce Fernald from 18 yards out on just the second play of the drive finds the end zone and is now a two point ball game with a two point conversion still on its way. With 3.57 left in the second quarter, it's 14-12, Cass City. The Red Hawks take advantage of a turnover and find the end zone. This time, I love the decision-making by Bryce Fernald. He keeps it himself, but he doesn't wait. He does not wait for the blocks to come, wait for the sideline to show up. He sees an opening, and he plants that left foot and takes off, pulls right up upfield just around the left tackle and explodes down the middle of the field that no one wanted to get in his way. He def- bounced off a defender or two, and that deep safety didn't even attempt to tackle him. Bryce Fernald Powerful run into the end zone. Wing G to the right, now man in motion. And Bryce Fernald rolling to his right, looking to pass into the end zone. This one's intercepted by Hemlock. The two-point conversion is no good, so Hemlock hangs on by two points. 14-12, 3.57 left in the second quarter, right here on the WLEW Sports Network, being powered by Agar Valley Services. Two plays after that fumble at the 26-yard line by Noah Zaleski. Bryce Fernald runs it in from 18 yards out, and it makes it a two-point ball game. Hemlock 14, Cassidy 12, 3.57 left in the second quarter. Both teams with two touchdowns. Hemlock with one two-point conversion. That's the difference maker so far. 
Cassidy 0 for 2 in that department, and that is the difference in the game. Obviously, they are two points down. Potentially could be two points up if they get them both, but they got a gift draft touchdown there. They, they a turnover. Um, Hemlock had them right where they wanted them, and a, and a poor turnover by Hemlock, recovered by Noah Zaleski of Cass City, and they finish off a drive with a Bryce Fernald touchdown run. Alex Perry's kick comes into the 30-yard line by J.D. Schnell. He gets out across the 40 out to the 42-yard line, a 12-yard return. Tackle made by Dustin Nagley as well as Cameron Gostchuk, his no, sophomore nose guard, and on special teams. First and 10 for Hemlock at their own 42-yard line, leading by two points, 3.51 before the half is over. So obviously we're seeing two tremendously different ways of playing football on offense. We see Cass City ground and pound. Obviously when they've attempted to pass, it has not gone well for Cass City. But on the other side of things, very balanced attack, uh, predominantly passing first. Dylan LeGros is 6 of 11 so far through the air, 65 yards. The passing game has looked good. So with 3.51 to go in the half, there is plenty of time left for this high-powered offense to move down the field. Receiver wide each way, and it's a handoff to Espen Miller, the big boy, and he rumbles out of his first tackle, wraps up his second tackle, and drags him all the way across midfield out to the 47-yard line of Cass City, Aiden Torres. A junior brings him down out of the secondary, move the chains from the 42 to the 47. Now that's all That's all. Espen Miller. They, he was hit right at the line of scrimmage, and, and there was just Cass City defenders falling to the ground, missed tackles everywhere, and Espen Miller is able to get 10 yards on his first carry of the night. But Cassidy, they have to make those tackles. You, you had him stopped in the backfield. You cannot allow extra yards after contact. 5'10", 220 pounds, a junior for Espen Miller. Handoff to Robert Knapp again. The spins out of his first tackle and brought down at just a yard beyond the original line of scrimmage brought down by Matt Mahalik as well as Connor Herford in the region. Second down and eight. Jeremy Velasquez actually gets free, and Robert Knappick just spins right out of that tackle in the backfield because he was he was dead to rights for a loss of two, and a very impressive spin tackle that allowed him to get back to the line of scrimmage and fall forward. Much better job there by Cass City with that team tackling way of only allowing one yard. Third and eight spread formation. LeGros rolls to his right. Pressure coming. Looking downfield. Throws us down to the far sideline. Is brought in and brought in by Corbin Larkin. Near the 31-yard line, forced out of bounds after the catch. Forced out of bounds by Jordan Mester. First and 10 into Cass City territory. So for Cass City, they're getting some pressure on LeGros, and he's been able to roll out and make things happen, prolonging the play and then making a throw downfield, keeping his eyes downfield. So if you're Cass City, every time you've got in the backfield, they've allowed a right-handed quarterback to roll to his right and make that play. They need to find a way to force him to run the other way so those throws aren't as easy for a right-hander. Man in motion, Corbin Larkin to the near sideline. Handoff to Robert Knappick, has room to run, breaks out one tackle and drags three white jerseys with him all the way down to the 22-yard line. A nine-yard pickup finally stopped by Justin McAlpin, defensive tackle and a freshman for Cass City. Very important for the Cass City front four and then the middle linebacker, that front five, when they hand it off to Robert Knappick, you understand that there is an extra defensive back on the field, and you have defensive backs all over the field attempting to cover these wide receivers. So when they run that draw to Knappick, the front four needs to win that battle, and the linebacker needs to clean them up. That time, Alex Perry missed, and Knappick was able to get nine yards. Second yard to go for Hemlock, and a handoff to Robert Knappick, and Cassidy brings him down in the backfield for a three-yard loss. Back of the 35-yard line, tackle made by... Jeremy Velasquez, as well as Matt Mahalik, middle linebacker and nose guard. Third down in four now for Hemlock. Much different situation here. Cassidy basically gambled on that play that they were going to run the same play 
uh, to the running back, number 39, Robert Knappick, and Cassidy blitzes both linebackers right off guard, both of them, and they're able to get in the backfield and tackle Knappick for a couple-yard loss. Now it's third down and four, but for Cassidy, you know that Hemlock is going to go for it on fourth down. Third, three to the right, or to three to the left, one to the right, and we have flags, and this is going to be an encroachment, it looks like, against the Cassidy Redhawks, which would be an automatic first down because they only needed four yards. So move the chains, another free first down for Hemlock. Minute 24 before the half, and it's first and 10 for Hemlock, now at the 20-yard line. I don't know if it was McAlpine or if it was Mahalik. Uh, one of those two did bounce out of their position and, and touch down into the neutral zone, but that just kind of irks me a little bit because... That's exactly what Hemlock did early in that drive, and they got away with it. So far, Cassidy's been burned twice. Uh, Robert Nappett gets the handoff, and Cassidy's swarming to him even before he gets to the line of scrimmage. A loss of a yard on the play brought down by Alex Perry, outside linebacker. Second down and 11, a minute four left in the second half, first half. Fuels that Cassidy defense, though, as you see four defenders in the backfield to tackle, to tackle Nappick in the backfield for a one-yard loss led by 44, Alex Perry. Second and 11 as we roll under one minute to go in the first half. Napik has 12 carries for 84 yards. Mind you, one of those is for 53 yards. Pass is brought in by number nine, Bryce Murphy. Short of the first down marker, though, at the 12-yard line, brought down by Bryce Fernald. Inbound, so the clock rolls to 35 and counting. Third down and two for Hemlock. Hurry Hem offense here. Hemlock not in a big hurry. They don't huddle the way it is. They get the play call, stay on the field, but you know they're going to throw it, so an incomplete pass is going to stop the clock anyways. Legro back to pass, has white jerseys. Connor Herford nearly brings him in. Intercepted by Bryce Fernald at the five-yard line, going the other way, and finally brought down to the 19-yard line with 17 seconds left in the first half. Finally brought down by number 70, Brayden Byersdorf. And Bryce Fernald brings down turnover number two for the Cassidy Redhawks. Cassidy blitzes and actually... LeGros makes a really nice play, a pump fake, and the Cassidy defender leaves his feet. You see that in basketball all the time. Don't fall for the pump fake, and the defender flies by. But fortunately for Cassidy, another defender shows up, and LeGros sees him. He throws off balance, and the ball floats right over his wide-open receiver into the arms of Bryce Fernald, and a turnover by Hemlock, and Cassidy takes over now. What handoff right up the middle to Jordan Mester out across the 25, out to the 26-yard line. Clock down to 10 seconds. Looks like they are not going to call a timeout here, or if they do, it will be with one second left. And nope, that's going to be the end of the first half with just saying Cassidy is satisfied with trailing by just two points. So two turnovers in favor of the Cassidy Redhawks keeps the Redhawks within two points as Hemlock was marching down the field. Cassidy with some momentum entering the halftime locker rooms in the district final between Hemlock and Cassidy. After 24 minutes of play, it is Hemlock 14, Cassidy 12, right here on your home for high school football, the WLEW Sports Network, being powered by Anger Valley Services. Hemlock 14, Cassidy 12. Time. The Hemlock Huskies lead the Cassidy Redhawks 14 to 12 after 24 minutes of play. A two-point ball game, 14 to 12. 
We had three scores and three first of our first three drives tonight. Dave Hansen, wants to tell us how we got to this 14 to 12 ball game. Hemlock scored first right out of the gate with a 51-yard touchdown run by Napick. The two-point conversion pass was no good, and Hemlock would take the early lead 6-0. Cassidy would respond just a couple plays later, a 21-yard Jordan Mester touchdown run. Their two-point conversion run was no good, and we were all tied at six apiece. Still in the first quarter, Hemlock scores again on a 29-yard touchdown pass, and the two-point conversion pass was good. Keep that in mind. Hemlock leads 14-6 at the end of the first quarter. In the second quarter, just one touchdown. Bryce Fernald on an 18-yard touchdown run. The two-point conversion pass, again, was no good. And that would be how your half would end with Hemlock 14 and Cass City 12. As far as time possession goes, similar to this very close game, Cass City has had the ball for 12 minutes and 30 seconds. Hemlock, 11 minutes and 30 seconds. Two turnovers in favor of the Cass City Redhawks, though, an interception and a fumble on the last two drives for Hemlock. Leading the way for the Cass City Redhawk offense on 186 yards, all on the ground on 26 plays. They had one pass attempt. So 25 carries for 186 yards, averaging over 7 yards per carry, including a 41-yard run from Jordan Mester. Mester is leading all rushers tonight. He has 12 carries for 130 yards and one score. Noah Zaleski, 5 carries, as well as Bryce Fernald. Zaleski has 29 yards, Fernald with 15 yards, and Alex Perry, 3 carries for 12 yards. Fernald through the air, 0 for 1. Intended for Alex Perry is in the fourth down deep in the Hemlock territory, resulting in a turnover on downs. Cassidy has two of those in the first half. For the Hemlock Huskies, 187 yards, so one yard difference. Cassidy with 186 yards, Hemlock with 187 yards. Hemlock has ran three more plays in the night, 15 carries for 94 yards and one fumble. And passing the ball, they're 8 for 14 and one interception from Dylan Legro for 93 yards. So that's balanced, 94-93 rushing and passing. Rushing the ball, Robert Napick, 12 carries for 84 yards and one fumble. Espen Miller, one carry, 11 yards, and Dylan Legro, two keeps for a loss of a yard. Through the air, 8 for 14 for one in one interception for 93 yards, Dylan Legro. And then bringing the ball in was Jacob Shalagowski, two receptions on three targets for 41 yards. Max Denninger, two receptions on four targets for 29 yards. Bryce Murphy, one reception on two targets for nine yards. Robert Napick, two receptions on two targets for nine yards as well. And Corbin Larkin, one reception for five yards. Well, let's start with Hemlock. Uh, we've saw some big runs out of Robert Napick. He also has fumbled the ball once, which is uncharacteristic for him. But uh, Dylan Legro has looked the part, 8 of 14. But when Cassidy has gotten pressure... He looked human. He obviously threw the ball away. Um, he's actually taken a sack. But Dylan Legros is a gunslinger, meaning he is not afraid to throw it. He doesn't necessarily mean he throws it hard. It means he's willing to throw it at any point in time at anywhere on the field. And we saw that when the blitz came and he was had two guys after him, he just threw the ball into the middle of the field with no idea where it was going, and it went right into the arms of Bryce Fernald. So I will say this, Hemlock's second turnover really didn't hurt him at all. It just took away an opportunity for them to really take a big lead into the, into going into the second half. Instead, momentum kind of switches a little bit. But back to the Cass City side, we saw an awesome drive two first two drives really run right down their throats and then an unfortunate situation at the end of their second series where they really could have scored and really needed it but the difference in this game is we saw both teams defensively make big changes hemlock on the first series allowed three runs that totaled about 65 yards for a touchdown the second drive 
They ended up shoring it up a little bit, only allowed those runs to go about six, seven, eight yards of play. The last couple drives, they've only been giving up those three-yard runs, which is what the wing tee is made to do. So Hemlock, you saw them call timeout in the middle of the defensive series to try and shore up that defense. And for Cass City, we've seen different blitz packages that has helped them in the second quarter that kept Hemlock off the board in the second quarter. That's been the difference is they've got a couple blitz packages and they've worked. They forced an interception. They got a sack. They've actually gambled on running plays and tackled them in the backfield. Those have kind of been the two things that I've been watching is the, is the changes these defenses are making. So for Cass City, it's going to be an uphill battle because Hemlock has had success running the ball. They've had success passing the ball. Very difficult to stop all those varieties that Hemlock's going to throw at you. Where on the other side of things, Hemlock, all they have to do is stop the run. As soon as they slowed down the run and put Cass City in a passing down, we saw what happened. It wasn't pretty. Cass City attempted two passes. Bryce Fernald took a big sack on one of them, which won't show up in your stat book at home. And the other one, he threw down the middle of the field, off balance, and the throw was, was offline. He makes that throw, he looks like a hero. This game is completely different. Mm-hmm. But these two teams are dead even. Even though it's felt like Hemlock with that aerial assault has looked like the better team, Cass City has taken care of the football and if they can just finish a couple of those drives that they took right down inside the 20 and then found a way to turn it over, they punched those two drives in. This is a whole different ball game. So very even, and Cassidy's going to get the ball first to start the second half, and I think they can certainly make a statement right out of the gate. When you take a look, like you mentioned, Dave, Bryce Fernald has one of the rushing touchdowns, Jordan Mester the other one. Bryce Fernald scored an 18-yard run on the quarterback keeper for the score, the second score of the night. He has 15 yards total. On five carries. So the other four going for a loss of yards there. And then Robert Knappick on offense has 84 yards and 12 carries. He also fumbled the ball once, also has one score. And then the other, Shalagowski Brown, a 29-yard catch. The shortest touchdown play tonight is 18 yards. Big plays coming from this side of the 20-yard line for the most part. We have, what, a 53-yard run from Knappick, a 21-yard from Mester, a 29-yard catch from Shalagowski, and an 18-yard from Bryce Fernald. Big plays happening and trying to stop those, trying to be able to figure out, is Hemlock going to run? If they if Cassidy guesses correctly, if they gamble and they can bring him down to the backfield, we saw that certainly, but can they do that for the next two quarters? Blitzing is risky because obviously then you leave somebody open or you leave single coverage everywhere. So when when you blitz, to me blitzing is you have to pick your spots. You have to have a good feel for what's going on, and uh, obviously you like to try to take away that run. But if Cassidy can cut down on the running plays, allow say one yard on first down and bring up second and nine, you can feel a little more comfortable guessing that second down and nine is going to be a pass play, and then that's when you decide. But I, I think on the other side of things, not only do they mix it up with the blitz packages, but I think they need to throw a little man-to-man defense. They, they have, they've sat in zone a few times, and uh, the other thing is is when that blitz is coming, they've blitzed right into the face of a girl, and I love that because he can see it coming, you can feel it coming, and it just adds that extra dimension into the pass. But if the pres- if it does not get there, they have to find a way to force LeGros to roll the other way. Every time he's been able to escape the pocket, it's been to his right. And as a right-handed quarterback, that's the way I want to go because it's just easier to throw on the run and give that ball a little flick down the field. And he's done that a couple times. And once to Mag Dininger was big, right down on the far sideline, they ended up picking off a pass later. Cassidy's defense did to stop that drive late in the second half or first half. But... Those are some plays that have gone Hemlock's way because Dylan LeGros is that special of a player. He knows he's smart enough to roll the right way, keep the play alive, and he's literally kept Hemlock in this game, even though Robert Knappick has really ran the ball well as well. 
Hemlock has eight first downs. Cassidy with four first downs in that first half. Braden Green with 11 tackles for Hemlock's defense. Robert Navick, eight tackles, including one of those for a tackle for a loss. Corbin Larkin with four tackles. Jeremy Wozni, three tackles, including one sack. Espen Miller and Noah Grandy with two tackles. For Cassidy leading the way, Jeremy Velasquez, seven tackles, including one tackle for a loss for a yard and a half. Bryce Fernald, Matt Mahalik, and Ryan DeLong, each with four tackles. Two of Matt Mahalik's four tackles, though, tackles for a loss. Nozaleski, three tackles, including one tackle for a loss, then one tackle apiece for Aiden Torres, Cameron Gottschalk, Kyle Gordon, Alex Perry, and so on and so forth. When we return in two minutes, we'll have your second half action from Hemlock, Michigan. Cass City trails by two points, Hemlock 14, Cass City 12, other area scores, Ubley taking care of Flint Beecher handedly, as we heard, 28-0. 36-0. Oh, and that's still in the first half. That's it. That is late in the second quarter. You're listening to the WLEW Sports Network being powered by Anger Valley Services. Second half action coming up next. After 24 minutes of play, we have a two-point ball game. Hemlock 14, Cass City 12 in the Division 7 District Championship from Hemlock, Michigan. Bob Wallace Field, the host tonight. The Hemlock Huskies won the kick to begin this game. Won the toss, I should say, elected to receive. So Cass City will be on offense first. And Nolan Finkbeiner kicking things off for the Hemlock Huskies with reddish Blaze red, we'll call those shoes. Very uncharacteristic nowadays. You see the team win the toss and defer to the second half. Very surprising. Want, wanting that second half momentum. But I will say this. It did work out for Hemlock because they come out and scored in a hurry. And, but uh, down two points, getting the football in a tight game. This is this is just what Cass City wants. A little break here. You kind of solve some mysteries here. And let's see if they can take their first lead of the game. Finkbeiner's kick comes in at the 12-yard line brought in by Alex Perry. Full speed gets down to the 40-yard line before he stopped after a 28-yard pickup on special teams. Stop made by Aaron Gunther on special teams. His second special teams tackle tonight. First and 10 for the Cassidy Redhawks trailing 14-12 to at their own 40-yard line right to left across the radio. That's right. Nice return there by Alex Perry. Good kick by Finkbeiner, but again, it sets up Cass City to set up a return, and that's exactly what Alex Perry does. They're probably going to mark it down just inside that 40-yard line. We'll say the 39, and that's where Cass City's first drive of the second half will take over. Down two points, 14-12. to 12. Both teams scored twice, but Cass City failed on both two-point conversions, and that's that could be a crucial thing to keep in mind as we go through this game, but Let's see what Cass City comes out with here after the half. Cameron Cake leads the line team up to the line. Wing T to the left and a handoff to Jordan Mester, dragging his defender across with him to cross the 45, down to the 46, Espen Miller. Getting some free yardage there from Jordan Mester. A six-yard pickup on first down, second down and four from the 46. More of the guy that helped you through the first half, Jordan Mester, right up the middle. He's going to be the fullback for this team. He gets a lot of the dive plays right up the middle, in between the tackles, and that's exactly where he goes and slips between them, and then it takes uh, Espen Miller, one of the linebackers, to drag him down. But a nice game for any wing tee offense on first down, six yards. Four yards to go. They need to get to right at midfield. Wing T to the right this time. Alex Perry around the right end. Stiff arms Robert Knappick and gets out for two, maybe three yards out to the 49-yard line. Finally stopped by Dylan LeGrow out of the secondary. Short of the first down marker by about a half a yard. Third down a yard. 
Beautiful stiff arm. Nice run there by Alex Perry. And that's right. And you can, you could see that there was just one defender to beat. So he puts that ball running to his right, in his right hand, using that left hand as a stiff arm. And it's able to buy him a couple yards. He gets tackled short of the first down. But showing that physicality, not afraid to push a guy out of the way and try to get that first down. Bryce Fernald now working off the right hash, right to left across your radio. Quick dive to Jordan Mester, has the first down, still on his feet across midfield and finally brought down at the Hemlock 47-yard line. A pickup of four yards on the play, stop made by Alex Brennernitz for Hemlock. First down and 10 inside Hemlock territory, trailing by two points, 14 to 12. Gotta love that. The short yarded situations, your fullback, Jordan Mester, is a, you're able to just hand it off to him, trust he's gonna get past that first down marker, and he gets the first down for Cass City. First and 10 from the 47, sticking to that wing tee, this time to the right on the right hash. Fernald under center, and off to Alex Perry. Trips in the backfield, but somehow gets back to the line of scrimmage and is pushed forward by a fell offensive unit. Stop made by number 39, should have known Robert Napick. 5875 75 pound junior gain of two out to the 45 yard line second down and eight exactly right they take one of their wing tee backs that's noah zaleski and they put him off to the right behind the tight end and they run that run right around the right side to alex perry and noah zaleski takes up a block but he's getting blocked in the backfield and as alex perry bounces around him he slips he's able to use his hand to keep his balance and dive ahead and get two yards handoff right up the gut to jordan mester he's crossed the 45 down hard font down to the 43 maybe the 42 yard line They'll say a gain of three on the play. Stop made by Braden Green, the linebacker, leading tackler with 12 tackles for Hemlock tonight. Third down and five. Third down and five, that's a tough situation, but you're in Hemlock territory, so it's four down territory with the way these thumb teams play, and it certainly is no different for Cass City. But you don't need all five yards. You don't need a hero pass play, spread it out, do anything crazy, but this, you need to... Hold your blocks on the front side, and you need to find a running back other than Jordan Mester to help him out. You need three, maybe four yards here to make fourth down a really good opportunity for you. From the headlock, 42-yard line, quarterback keeper Bryce Fernald with two lead blockers in front of him, and he somehow tripped up right at the original line of scrimmage as Corbin Larkin jumped out of his tackle. Alex Perry was blocking him and just happened to be in the right spot at the right time, and Larkin brings him down for no gain, blocked him right into that tackle, fourth down and five. And that's on Bryce Fernald. Alex Perry has 27, absolutely blocked out of the play, off balance, falling backwards on his heels. Alex Perry has him rolled, and as he pancake blocks him down backwards, he pushes him right in front of Bryce Fernald trying to get to the sideline and trips up his own quarterback. Just an absolute bad break because you could see nothing but green grass for Bryce Fernald. But Bryce Fernald needs to understand he could see his own line running back's backside. He needs to cut in front of him and cut upfield. A big opportunity missed. Fourth and five. Bryce Fernald keeps it this time to the right side. He has the first down. He's there speeding he down. Down to the 20, to the 15, the 10, the 5. Cassidy takes their first lead of the night. Touchdown, Red Hawks with 7.58 left in the third quarter. That's what we're talking about. Cut it upfield. He tries to get to the sideline, gets tripped up on third down. This time, he doesn't wait for the sideline. When you see that opening, cut upfield. And that's exactly what Bryce Fernald does. And he rewarded with a big touchdown and Cass City takes their first lead of the night into the end zone now leading 18 to 14 a four-point lead for the Cass City Redhawks trying to make this six with a two-point conversion here Bryce Fernald gets the word in from the sideline Scott Cathrell in his 18th year as head coach for the Cass City Redhawks 18 years since 2000 
Receiver wide to the right, that would be Noah Zaleski. Receiver wide to the left, Lance Swiderski. Two men backfield, Zaleski and Perry. Handoff right up the right, excuse me, that's Jordan Mester in the backfield. He gets down, looks like he is in. The two-point conversion is good, and Cassidy now leads by six points. 20-14 to 14 with 7.58 left in the third quarter right here on the W. LW Sports Hour, Cassidy leads by six points. Seven plays, 60 yards, camped off with a Bryce Fernald 42-yard run into the end zone on fourth and five. Two-point conversion from Jordan Mester is good, and now it's a 20-14 six-point lead for the Cassie Redhawks, their first of the night, and it comes 28 minutes into the ballgame. Alex Perry ready to kick things off from the Cassidy on 40-yard line, and looks like Hemlock awaiting potentially a short kick. The kick into the wind comes in from Perry at the 20-yard line. Brought in by number 27. That would be Corbin Larkin. Comes to the middle of the field. Comes to the near sideline and trips up at the 29-yard, 34-yard line. They say his knee went down. Indeed, it did. So they'll mark him down at the 34. As Hemlock now trails for the first time tonight by six points. First and 10 from their own 34. Larkin. Larkin for uh, Hemlock. Had some big plans on that return. And as he planted <laughs> his foot, that foot just slipped on that grass. Just slipped ahead a little bit. And his knee just barely glanced on the ground. The play is dead. So good job coverage on that special teams play for Cass City. And now Hemlock trailing for the first time tonight. 20-14. to 7.51 to go in the third quarter. We'll take over for the first time in the second half. Three wide to the left. One to the right. Working off that right hash. LaGrowth Rose. And looks like we have a little miscommunication before the snap, and this will be a false start against the Hemlock Huskies. And I do believe this will be the first penalty against the Huskies all night. False start, Disco Knight in the third quarter against the Hemlock Huskies. That is indeed their first penalty tonight. So this marches them back five more yards. So it's now first down and 15 from their own 30-yard line. I think they're going to get the right guard there, 67. Jeremy Wozni with a, a little flinch there ahead of time. He was having a little discussion with the official. I think that usually is uh, somebody trying to explain themselves. Same formation, three wide to the left. Handoff to Napic right up the gut. Has positive yards. Gets back to the original line of scrimmage at the 35. And then nothing more. Leading the way was Alex Perry and Matt Mahalik on the stop. Nose guard and middle linebacker, outside linebacker, Alex Perry. Second down and 10. Nice run there by Hemlock. They're able to do that delayed draw, that handoff out of that shotgun pistol formation. And he, Napik just attacks the middle of the field right into the Cassidy defense, and it took multiple defenders to bring him down. So second down and 10. So Cassidy doing a good job here, but we've seen Hemlock run in this situation, so you have to be ready for anything. Same formation, back to pass, throwing to the near sideline. It is brought in in his first down, brought in by Jacob Shelagowski right at the 45-yard line in their own territory. It is a 11-yard pickup. They needed nine and a half and moved the chains for the first time in the second half for Hemlock. Trailing by six points, 20-14, to 14, Cassidy leading, 7.07 left in the third. Whether Cassidy blitzes or not, it doesn't seem to matter. If the pressure doesn't get there, these routes are short. You're seeing... You're seeing slants, you're seeing curls, you're seeing comeback routes to the quarterback, but Cass City is playing extremely soft coverage, giving a lot of room, a lot of respect to these receivers, so their corners really have to break on the football when they get a chance. Their handoff to Robert Knappick, and Cass City swarms him down just for a gain of a yard. That'd be big man Connor Herford, 6'3", 225-pound junior for Cass City. 
Second down and nine. Can't miss him. He does a great job there on that right side of the line. He actually gets in the backfield and has to track Robert Napick down from behind, but does so, and Napick's only going to get one on first down. I take it back. Connor Herford's a senior, six foot four, two hundred and thirty pounds. Second down and nine. Three wide to the left. One to the right. Man in motion. That would be Bryce Murphy. Now goes back to the far sideline. Back to pass. Staying in the pocket. Throws near sideline right away into Shalikowski. It's brought in at the 43 of Cassidy. Move enough for the first down marker. That is a gain of, it looks like, about 11 yards. Move the chains for the second time. First and 10 from Cassidy's 43. Shalikowski, 6'1", 165, a junior. Uh, he certainly plays taller than that when he gets to that long wingspan extended. And uh, for Dylan Legros, that throw is there on every single play. Whether Mester's over there or Fernald in coverage, they're giving him 10 yards of cushion, even 10 yards down the field. They're still 10 yards behind him. They're so afraid to get burned deep that they're allowing 8, 10, 12-yard pass plays, easy throw and catches from Legros to Shelagowski. Same formation, quick pass and brought in by Max Dininger at the 35-yard line. Cassidy brings him down right at that spot. Jordan Mester scooped him up after a 8-yard gain, second down and two. Cassidy has that defensive mentality of, just please keep everything in front of you. Don't get burned deep. And I, I understand that, but it's a very conservative play call on defense. At some point, you'd like to see him maybe try to jam a receiver, uh, but he certainly need to be a little closer so you can break on some of these routes. And off to Robert Napick up the middle, and there's Noah Zaleski bringing him down to the 31-yard line. Now only for a three-yard gain, but that is enough to move the chains by a yard. That's the third first down in this drive alone. 11 on the night for the Huskies. First and 10 from the Cassidy 31-yard line continue to march down the field. Well, they, so far, Hemlock has run the ball on first down, throw on second and third if needed. So on, that's something to keep in mind if you're Cassidy. Obviously, Hemlock not going to be always that predictable, but what we've seen is such soft coverage, Cassidy's going to have to creep in a little closer. It's not like Legro is throwing the ball down the field with that much speed. Play action rolling to his left. The girl throws downfield wide, wide open, open in and out of the hands at the 15-yard line by Corbin Larkin. Could not bring that win. 5'8", 165-pound junior. Could not bring it in. Results in a second down and 10. Incomplete pass at the 32-yard line. Somebody missed an assignment on Cassidy because number 11 is Jacob Shelagowski, and he headed down the left sideline streak down the field, and he drew a double team. And you can see that's where the younger defensive backs are. You see Aiden Torres out there, and you see Dustin Nagley, two guys that you don't hear a lot on that Cassidy defense that are forced to play because they need defensive backs. So they double-team there, leave 27 Larkin open. But I want to point out that Legros rolled to his left that time, and the pass falls incomplete. Something to keep an eye on. Nabic to his left in the pistol. Legros gets the snap. Quarterback keeper and brought down in the backfield for absolutely no chance of a game. That's big man Connor Herford. Jumps on Dylan Legros back of the 35-yard line for a big loss of five yards. Third down and 14 upcoming. So read option for Hemlock between Napick and Legros. Napick is watching the, run, the running back's running lane. Noah Zaleski's there to take it away. So the quarterback does the right thing keeps it for himself and when he turns he sees a giant man named Connor Herford standing there <laughs> and absolutely tackled in the backfield. Third and 15 this is Cassidy's defense shot to get off the field. At the 35 yard line quick pass to the near sideline and screened and brought and brought in by Robert Napick but there's Jeremy Velasquez to knock him off his feet right after he brought it in and it's actually going to be a loss on the play of three yards back of the 39 yard line and now 
It's going to be a fourth down in a country mile here. The first down marker is down to downtown Hemlock. That's what I want to see from this Cassidy defense. I don't want. I want to see a little bit less soft coverage, so that way when Legro makes that throw again, he's not throwing fireballs, but he's very accurate. Think of uh, Drew Brees on Sundays. He doesn't sling it, but he's accurate. That's Legro. He is accurate, but he doesn't throw it hard. And Cassidy swarms to the football and makes him pay. A bad punt, it bounces out of bounds inside the 20-yard line and rolls out at the 17-yard line, went off the side of Nolan Fingbeiner's foot. And Dave, if the cheerleaders were throwing fireball, I think this ground would be fire, pretty fired up. <laughs> it depends what kind of fireball you're talking about, but nonetheless, that was a, a, a very fortunate punt for Noah Finkbeiner. Uh, that was a what looked like a one of those drives that you'd hit Clark that would bounce off a tree and come back into the fairway. Yeah, that, that's, that's, that happens. Th th well, when you hit enough trees, it's eventually going to bounce your way, right? Very true. But that ball was absolutely shanked, and it by when it landed in bounds, it actually bounced forward an extra few yards to make the punt not look so bad. But Cassidy answers the bell, and their offense back on the field. And off to Alex Perry, blasting through the line and blasting through his defenders all the way out to the 30-yard line in a second and third effort. And we have a flag flying at the very end of that play. And this is going to be more than likely a flag against Hemlock after the play. Could be a late hit. Regardless, though, start at the 17, got out to the 13-yard uh, pickup all the way out to the 30-yard line. Well, while they'll decide what they're uh, doing over there, I got an update in the Ubley game. It's the halftime. It is 36 to nothing. Ubley leads. <laughs> they had 300 yards rushing and another 32 passing through the air. Carson Oleski, 175 and four scores in the first half alone. So the 13-yard pickup from Alex Perry has now become 28 yards after a 15-yard personal foul, late hit, or unsports uh, more likely late hit was not unsportsmanlike conduct, but regardless, marketing the ball 15 yards deeper into the field. And I want to point out, it's not a vicious play because no. the, what happened was down the field, as Alex Perry's getting tackled, the defender actually kind of pulled Perry down on top of the defender himself. So technically, Perry's not down until his body hits the ground. So as they roll over, then you see a M-lock player come in and kind of dive on the pile late. Not vicious by any means, but it definitely was just a little late, and it's going to cost M-lock 15 yards. Leading 20-14, to 14, a handoff to number three. Three, right of the middle, Jordan Mester gets out for three yards, brought down by Espen Miller, linebacker for Hemlock. A three-yard gain, 340 left in the third quarter, Cassidy 20, Hemlock 14. Cassidy at their own 48-yard line, second and seven. It's nice to see Alex Perry on the play before break free on a big run because when we see Hemlock on offense, you see them throw it, you see them run it, you see them do screen passes, you see them do different things to defend. Right now, if you're Cass City, the only thing you've got going is Jordan Mester. So you need to get Bryce Fernald. We need to see little Noah Zaleski. We need to see Alex Perry get a couple big runs here. And off to Noah Zaleski, and he has two men on him, but he's all the way across midfield and finally brought down at the 47-yard line. Stop made by Corbin Larkin as well as Aaron Gunther. Uh, for the defensive hemlock, third down and three. That was Aaron Guther. Nice, you know, nice run there by Noah Zaleski to get Noah Zaleski to get about four yards on the play. That's what we're talking about. Defenses are starting to key on Jordan Mester. That's what you want in a wing tee. You want defenses to key on somebody, and then you can work off of that person. Now, third down and three in the second half. You've seen Bryce Fernald keep it himself. 
Yes, indeed. T-formation, brace for Nald, hands it off to Alex Perry, lowers the shoulder and gets absolutely nowhere as Hemlock brought him down at the original line of scrimmage. Leading the way was Jeremy Wozni, defensive end, 5'10", 190-pound senior. Fourth and three for Cassidy at the Hemlock 47-yard line. That's a tough play That's for Cassidy. That's a tough, tough spot here. Well, at third down and four, you'd like to see him get two to three, so now it's fourth down and one. You dislike fourth down and three. You're barely in Hemlock territory with the lead, but um, hey, Cass City is is a team that is aggressive. Coach Cathrell has been known to go for it. A lot of our teams do, and I would not be surprised if they go for it, but you better have a very good play drawn up here. That's exactly what they're doing. A fourth and three man in motion. That would be Nozaleski rolling to the left. Handoff right at the middle to Jordan Mester. Has the first down. Actually, 44 Alex Perry. They're going to mark him uh, originally, it depends on the spot here. It's at the 36, the 44-yard line. They're going to mark him down now, closer to the 45. That's a poor spot. This is a very poor spot. So th- there's a yard difference between the sideline judges. And so it looks like they will have to bring out the sticks here and measure this one. This is very close, but I, I thought Alex Perry had it I thought so question. too. As the, a, the guy on the far side of the field had him a yard further, but he it's it's this play is on the opposite side of the field as him. Just off of first glance here, looks like he may be short by oh, about four inches. I, I agree, but it's a bad spot. Oh, it's a, I saw Alex Perry's motion falling out to the 44-yard line. They marked him closer down to the 45. He, he was pushed back, but his forward progress, I, most of his body was past the 45-yard line. This I don't think this should have been close. So they pull out the sticks. Hemlock all over this football here. Not much social distancing going on out there. And it is short. First down. First down for Cass City by the nose of a football. The first down marker was in between the nose of the football and the stripe. That is how close it was. Move the chains for Cass City. Continue the drive for the Red Hawks. Justice served. It shouldn't have been that close anyways, guys. you got to calm down. That was a first down for Cass City. It should have never been that close. But nonetheless, they get the call correct, and Cass City's drive will continue. First and 10 from the Hemlock 44-yard line. Whatever's below us, Dave, they just turned the heat on. I feel some heat coming through our feet. Maybe it's the Hemlock defense. I'm sure this home crowd is not happy with that call, but it's the right call nonetheless. I agree. On a very mediocre spot, and Cass City catches the break that they deserve, and first down Redhawks. Wing T to the right hand. Our quarterback keeper, Bryce Fernald, nearly loses his feet, cuts back up, and he's going to be ripped down by Robert Knappick for a yard loss out to the 46-yard line. Actually, a loss of two on the play. Robert Knappick with his 11th tackle tonight. Two tackles for a loss. Second down and 11. Uh, just you, you get that momentum call to go your way, and then you give yards back. It, you hate to see that, but Cassidy's been able to overcome bad situations in this game so far. You see Bryce Fernald and his running backs run into each other in the backfield. Somebody obviously uh, was on the wrong page, and Bryce Fernald did everything he could do to minimize the loss to a yard, yard and a half. Second down, 11 from the 46. Less than a minute to play here in the third quarter. Fernald hands it off to Jordan Messer. Scrum forward across down to about the 43-yard line. This will be pickup of three yards for Jordan Messer. Stop made by Espen Miller as well as Jeremy Wozni. Third down and eight, 35 seconds and counting here in the third quarter. 20-14, Cassidy leading by six points and on offense. 
Kansas City with 272 yards of offense on 40 plays. Hemlock, 219 yards on 38 plays. This is kind of what Cass City wants. You want the football, you want to grind out first downs and keep that high-powered passing offense on the sideline. But third down and eight, this is a big play here for the Cass City offense late in this game. A four- or five-yard gain was a must here. And off to Z Noah Zaleski, and Hemlock meets their challenge for no gain, perhaps even a loss of a yard. Leading the way was Alex Bretternitz. On that front line, and now Cassidy will be faced with a fourth in nine at the start of the fourth quarter. We have reached zeros at the end of the third, and Cassidy retakes the lead, though, leading by six points. 20 to 14 right here on your home for high school football, the WLW Sports Network. minutes remain in regulation. A six-point ball game, 20-14. to 14, Cassidy leading the Hemlock Huskies. We had three scores in the first five and a half minutes. And Cassidy's bringing out the punting unit on a fourth down and nine. Setting... It, was, it was third down and eight. They needed they needed a positive gain of about three or four for Coach Cathrell to feel good going for it. Instead, he's got to punt it away. And Alex Perry's punt, look, good-looking punt, bounces at the inside the 20, inside the 15, inside the 10, and finally rolls to rest at the seven-yard line. A beautiful punt from Alex Perry, which started at the 43-yard line and comes to rest at the 7. A 36-yard punt for Alex Perry and pins Hemlock back deep with a 93-yard field in front of him with 11.49 left in regulation. 20-14, Cassidy leading by 6 points. Much better punt than we saw last week. That is, And that's crucial because now it forces the Hemlock offense to go 90-plus yards on your defense. So let's see if Cassidy's defense can answer the call and get another stop. Eight-play drive there. Hand off to Robert Nappett. Gets out across the 10 out to about the 11-yard line. There'll be a gain of four on the play. Connor Herford brought him down and brings that to a second down and a long six. No problem there. Cassidy does a nice job. That delayed handoff right up the middle. He's able to slither his way and get about four yards, but Cassidy's defense does a pretty good job of keeping him. Well, it looks like the officials are going to mark it just a three-yard game. All over the place tonight. Back to pass, and we have false start against Hemlock more than likely as there was plenty of miscommunication before the snap and after the snap as a result. From the far end zone, False start, Disco Night in the fourth quarter now for Hemlock. That is their third penalty tonight. Three penalties for 25 yards. Two of those false starts. Second down in 12 now. Back of their own six-yard line. So if you're Cass City, you're, you're looking for negative plays early in the series on first and second down. So now it's second down. We're going to say about 12. This is your chance for your defense to make a stop. You don't always get those opportunities. you got to take advantage. In the end zone, Legro looking to throw. He throws this one downfield and is nearly intercepted at the 12-yard line. Brought in by number, number Jordan Mester. Nearly had that one scooped up at the 17 or 13-yard line or so. Falls incomplete, and now it's a third down and 12 for Hemlock. Again, Dylan Legro has done what he's done all night long and not saw his first read and then roll out of the pocket. And that negates the pass rush of Cass City. But he's rolling in the, his own end zone, running out of room. 
He throws it, again, not a, not a thr hard thrower, lobs it into an area. Jordan Mester does an excellent job. Job number one is to make sure that ball doesn't get in the hands of the of the offensive player. He did a good job, but he almost hauled in a huge interception for that Three defense. to the right, one to the left. Legro back to pass out of his own end zone, and he has, escapes that one. But still, this could be a safety. He's down to the one-yard line. They're going to mark him down at the one-yard line. Matt Mahalik brought him down for a five-yard loss. A huge tackle by Matt Mahalik almost resulted in a two-point conversion. <laughs> Big sack by Matt Mahalik as Legro rolls to his right, which has been the predictable way he's going to leak out of the pocket. Matt Mahalik gets into the backfield and makes a big sack. It's the right call. He was out of the end zone, but barely. That ball is on the one or inside the one-yard line. Fourth and 18. This punter is going to have his heels on the back of the end zone. Nolan Fingbanner gets the punt away. It's not much of one. It's a wounded duck brought in by Bryce Fernald at the... 20-yard line. So excellent field position for the Kansas City Redhawks trying to take advantage as they pin Hemlock back on a quick three and out after punting the ball to them. What a series by this defense of Cass City allowing no room to throw the ball. They make a nice stop on first down, but take advantage of the Hemlock mistake. That false start cost Hemlock big time. They went into an obvious passing situation, and Cass City brought pressure, and they got to him the second time when it mattered, and now Cass City does a great job. Jordan Mester's the up man. He's not the punt returner, and he does an awesome job. Fair catch, get that ball down at the 20, and the offense comes back on the field. On the plus side of the field, and we have whistles, and this will be uh, encroachment against the Hemlock Huskies. I agree. It looks like Herford got knocked down before the play started. So then instead of a first and 10, this will be a first and five. They start on the plus side of the field at the 20. Now they start this drive at the 15-yard line of Hemlock. Got to take advantage. These are the situations. Good teams take advantage of other teams' mistakes. I don't care what the situation, what the sport is. For Cass City, this is your opportunity to make this a two-score game. They must take advantage. I Normally, I'd love to see a play action here on first and five, but you want to get that clock rolling, so don't be surprised. They grind out a run here with Mester. Hand off to Jordan Mester, breaks out of one, down He's to gone. the five, touchdown, Cass City. On one play, on one on this drive, they find the end zone from 15 yards out. Jordan Mester with his second score of the evening, and now Cass City leads by two possessions, 10-11 left in the fourth quarter. Cass City leads 26-14. Great run there by Jordan Mester. Again, they take advantage of the opportunity. A very shallow punt, and then a false or an encroachment penalty makes first down and five, and Jordan Mester gets the handoff, and he runs right into the back of his guard, and he bounces left off of it, and once he does that, there is nobody near, and he strolls into the end zone untouched, and now Cassidy going for that always important two-point conversion. Trying to make this a 14-point ball game, and Noah Zaleski has a lead blocker. He's into the end zone. Two-point conversion is good, and now Cassidy has doubled up the Hemlock Huskies 28-14 to with 10-11 left in the fourth quarter right here on the WLEW Sports Network. Cass City with two straight scores. Actually, three straight scores. And gets it into Corbin Larkin on the kick from Alex Perry. Gets it all the way out to the 40-yard line. Still on his feet and finally tackled forward out to the 45-yard line by Jeremy Velasquez on special teams as well as Noah Zaleski. First in 10 for Hemlock, trailing by 14 points, 28-14. 10.03 left in regulation. Hemlock back in offense. 
And a nice return there by, uh, I think it was 27, Corbin Larkin. Now, there's a couple Larkins yeah. on the team. Make sure I get the right one, Corbin Larkin. And it's a pretty nice return because it's been pretty bleak here in the second half for Hemlock. So that return sets up pretty decent field position at their own 45-yard line. So, again, keep in mind with 10 minutes to go, they don't have to – give up on the running game, but expect a little more heavy passing yet. Hand off to Robert Knappick up between the main gap there, and he gets out for three yards out to the 48-yard line. Tackle made by Matt Mahalik, nose guard for Cassidy's front line. Three-yard pickup, second down and seven, 9.45 left in regulation. That's so key to stopping this Hemlock team because they, they want to run the ball, establish a running game, but when they don't, they quick to jump to the passing game. So expect passing downs now on second, third. Two to the right, one to the left. Legros back to pass to the near sideline. He is brought in at the 42 and runs out of bounds. Bryce Murphy catches that one. Catch was made, and this is a 10-yard pickup into Cassidy territory. Stops the clock with 9.33 left in the fourth quarter. 28-14, Cassidy leading. And that, that's the longest, the furthest down the field. That's the furthest we've seen them throw it down the field yet. Cassidy just not allowing getting burned deep, but offering pretty easy throw and catches in that 10 to 12-yard range. Legros looking to pass downfield, throws this on a slant, brought in by number 27, Corbin Larkin, trying to get out of tackle, and they've finally wrapped up at the 35. They're going to mark him down forward progress at the 34-yard line of Cassidy. Aiden Torres on the stop, and his pickup of seven on the catch, second down and three. Quick slant there from the slot receiver, Corbin Larkin. And uh, Cassidy does a pretty good job in coverage. He catches the ball, but he's swarm tackled by that secondary. Gain of seven for Hemlock. Second and three. Three to the right, one to the left. Legro Le in the pistol. Nabbing to his left. The mismatch the here snap. is at the bottom of the screen with Torres and 11, which is Jacob Shiligowski. He's scrambling, looking down, throw down field, and this one's on the slide, brought in by Bryce Murphy inside the 20, and they're going to mark him down at the 18-yard line, converts, and moves the chains deeper into Cassidy territory. Legros does an excellent job again getting away from the pass rush, so when you see teams blitz up the middle, if you recognize it right away, if you're Larkin, you can roll out of the pocket and completely negate it, and that's what he does. He runs to his left, but he's able to plant his feet and throw it down the field. Hand off to Napick, breaks out one tackle. He's bursting down and inside the 10-yard line and finally brought down at the 7. Close to the 6, looks like he has the first down marker by a yard, a gain of 11. Stop made by Cassidy's Dustin Nagley, outside linebacker, six foot, 185-pound senior. First and ten, actually first and goal for Hemlock. Uh, Matt Mahalik had him in the backfield and just missed him. And a nice run by Napik. Sticking that same formation, and now we have whistles, and this will be a flag. False start against Hemlock as they're trying to hurry. Maybe not have it even set for a second there before snapping the ball. So instead of a first and goal from the seven, it's a first and goal from the 11. I don't think Bryce Murphy was set yet. Either that or he was still in motion. They thought he was supposed to be in motion for that play. Nonetheless, uh, a false start penalty is going to slow down Hemlock here a little bit. Give Cassidy a chance to catch their breath here. First down from the 15-yard line now for Hemlock. Three to the right, one to the left. Legros to pass down to the end zone to Shelagowski. It's a jump ball and incomplete. Good coverage there from Aiden Torres in the end zone. Jacob Shelagowski had to jump for it. Torres tipped it incomplete. Second and goal from the 12. Again, Shelagowski has the advantage there, but Aiden Torres does a couple things well being undersized. He finds good position. He stays inside the wide receiver, and when he locates the football, he goes up and gets a hand in there and knocks it down. Doesn't allow Shelagowski to get those big mitts on it. So great job. Excellent defense by Aiden Torres. But don't be surprised if Legro throws it that way again here before the series is over. Two to the right, one to the left. 
Back to pass. Legro throws downfield, and this one's brought in at the seven-yard line by Bryce Murphy. A gain of five on the play. Bryce Fernald rips him down at the seven. Third down in goal from the seven. Less than eight minutes to play in the fourth quarter. 28-14, Cassidy leading. Clock rolling as we're under eight minutes to go in the game. Cassidy leading by 14. And if they can make a fourth down stop on this series, this defense puts their offense in the driver's seat. But third down and goal from the seven. Hemlock been throwing the rock here lately. Got to expect that for Cassidy's defense. Three wide to the left, one to the right. Legro staying in the pocket, looking to throw. Now he has to scramble, throws it in the end zone, leads his leader, and Bryce Murphy brings in the seven-yard catch. Touchdown, Hemlock. 7.31 left in the fourth quarter. Hemlock scores for the first time this second half. And now it's an eight-point ball game, potentially a six-point ball game with a two-point version upcoming. Cassidy dials up the blitz, and Legro evades it. That's when the blitz happens and you don't get to the quarterback, most quarterbacks make you pay for it, and exactly what Legro does there. Dylan Legro steps up, the linebackers blitz, and get behind the quarterback. By Legro stepping up, he's able to step up and find a wide-open Murphy in the middle of the end zone for an easy throw and catch. Looking to pass, throws, rolling to the near sideline, down into the corner of the end zone. Is he in? Two-point conversion is good. Brought in by Corbin, excuse me, Max Dininger, and we have a one-possession ball game, 28 to 22, six-point lead for the Redhawks, 7.31 left in the fourth quarter. You're listening to the WLW Sports Network, your home for high school football. kick goes over the heads of the special teams for Cass City. Noah Zaleski has to go back to the six-yard line to scoop it up. He gets out to the 12, and that's being generous. First and 10 for the Cass City Redhawks, leading by just six points, seven and a half left in regulation. First and 10 left right across the radio for the Cass City Redhawks. You could feel momentum switch, and it's not because Hemlock scored, but this kickoff by Finkbeiner gets over their heads, and not only does it stay in bounds, but it rolls right down to the six-yard line and stays in bounds. Cass City has to pick it up, and retreating back to the ball, picking it up, all Zaleski can do is pick it up and barely get across his own 10-yard line. So one of the bigger mistakes that the secondary or the special teams has made of Cass City. they got a long drive ahead of them now. And off to Jordan Mester. He gets across the 15 and brought down to the 16-yard line for a three-yard pickup, maybe out to the 17. Stop made by Jeremy Wozni, defensive end. A four-yard gain, second down and six. That's okay. That's exactly what Cassidy needs. Four yards, three or four on this play, three or four on second down. Puts them in the driver's seat. They need a first down here. And maybe... And if they get one, they can use multiple. They, their job now is to grind this clock. Utilize as much as you can. Because if Hemlock doesn't get the ball again, they don't have a chance to win. But if Cassidy can get a few drives, burn some clock, maybe even punch in a score, they can take advantage and win this game here right now. 6.45 left in the fourth quarter, leading by six points, 28-22. Quarterback keeper Bryce Fernald across the 20-yard line and dropped at the 21, short of the first down marker by two yards. Stop made by Corbin Larkin out of the secondary. Third down in two yards to go for the Cassidy Redhawks. Six and a half to play. I like the play call, and I like the decision by Bryce Fernald to crank it upfield. And if Corbin Larkin doesn't get that shoestring tackle, I think Bryce Fernald hits him big. So big-time tackle there by Corbin Larkin. Bryce Fernald just couldn't quite get outside quick enough to avoid that tackler because he had the blocking. But third down is now a short three or a long two, and it's a must-have 
for Cass City. From the 21, they need to get out to the 23. Bryce Fernald waiting for the play clock to get under five seconds before snapping it. Six minutes left in regulation. Hand off to Noah Zaleski. Has the first down across the 30. And is actually upended at the 29-yard line before forward progress is stopped by Brayton Green, linebacker, 6'3", 220-pound senior. Move the chains for Cass City. Stops the clock momentarily to reset the chains with 5.55 left, leading by six points, 28-22. Big-time play, big-time run for Noah Zaleski. Just what Cass City needed. Jordan Mester has got to be winded. He's been carrying this Cass City offense. We saw a nice run by Bryce Fernald, and we see the third down conversion by Noah Zaleski. This is the time. We've been waiting all game for Alex Perry, Noah Zaleski. Some of these guys need to come up with a big run and take the heat off Jordan Mester. That time, Noah Zaleski gets a big first down, churning that clock. Straight T for Cass City. Bryce Fernald under center. Handoff to Noah Zaleski. Has positive yards and is finally stopped at the third. 34-yard line after a five-yard gain. Stop made by Hemlock's Alex Burtonetz as well as Braden Green, linebacker. Back-to-back, same play. They give it to Zaleski around the left side, and he's able to find a little room, get ahead, and get about a good four yards on that play. Huge for Cassidy. Again, another first down or two, and they can really drain this clock down to nothing. But certainly, at some point, it's going to force Hemlock to burn those timeouts. Second and five, less than five minutes to play now. 4.45 before this clock. This ball is snapped. It'll be under 4.40. Straight T working off the left hash, left right across the radio. And off to Jordan Mester. Gets close to the first down marker, just shy of it at the 38-yard line. Stop made by Robert Knappick. That'll be his 12th tackle tonight. A yard short of the first down marker. Third down and a yard to go, but more importantly, the clock's still rolling. 14 tackles for Napik. If you count those two tackles for loss, he's got in the books. Nonetheless, nonetheless, this uh, defense hasn't had an answer for the running game on this drive. Third down and one is exactly what wing T offenses need. As the clock rolls under four minutes, ten seconds to go in this game, as you can see how much clock they can eat by getting these first downs. Less than four minutes to play now. Play clock at ten. Third down the yard. Straight T. Fernald hands it off to Zaleski. Has the first down across the 45, across midfield, and finally brought down at the Hemlock 45-yard line. Espen Miller saves the touchdown for Hemlock. And more importantly, Noah Zaleski from the 37 to the 45 on the other side of the 50. An 18-yard pickup for Noah Zaleski. Moves the chains, 345 left in regulation. Coach Cathrell and company's found a little something on that left side. They've, I'm not sure what the difference is, where it's been all game, but Noah Zaleski has found an opening around that left side, and he hits a big one there. His biggest run of the game, 18 yards, and a first down. Now they're in hemlock territory at their 45-yard line as we go three and a half minutes to go in the game. Ten carries for 63 yards for Zaleski. He's carried the ball 21% of the time tonight. Fernald under center. Play clock at 10. Now five seconds. There's the snap handoff to Jordan Mester. Still just push, pumping his legs across the 40. And it's finally stopped right there. A five-yard gain. And stop made by Espen Miller as well as Jeremy Wozni. And we have the first timeout called by Hemlock in the second half with 3.13 left in regulation. Had the Hemlock coach not happy either because he was hoping to get a decent stop on first down. You know, maybe it's second down at nine, he can burn a timeout and really get his defense into this game. But if you're going to allow five yards on first down, it's not a good feeling for a coach who's trying to stop the clock and get one more possession for his high-powered passing offense. Three minutes, 13 
seconds left in this game. Cass City with a six-point lead, 28-22, and the football. Second down and five. Hemlock in the middle of a timeout here, and not much to discuss. It's Cass City is going to keep the ball on the ground, and they're discussing how they are going to get that next first down because that next first down pretty much eliminates any opportunity that Hemlock will have at another possession. Second down, five to go from the Hemlock 40-yard line, 313 left in relation, 28-22, Cassidy by six points. Before this drive began, Cassidy had the ball for 20 minutes and 50 seconds, Hemlock 19 minutes and 39 seconds. This drive started four and a half minutes ago, 731 left in regulation. That was two first downs ago, began at Cassidy's own 13-yard line. Now they're at the Hemlock 40. Fernald hands it off to Noah Zaleski, meets a crew and cavalry of, of Hemlock Huskies, and looks like another timeout called by head coach Adam Clark. 306, no relation. 28-22, Cass City. Just in case you're curious. Hemlock, Hemlock answers the call, though. They they step up on defense after the timeout, allow very little gain on that Noah Zaleski run, and now third down is a question mark. It's going to be a long three, maybe four yards to go for Cass City, but it's, in my assumption, it's four down territory. You could punt it away, uh, try to pin them deep, which would be an understanding play, or you keep the ball in your offense's hands here if you're able to get Say it's third down of four. If you can get two or three plus yards on this play, I think you keep your offense on the field and try to keep the ball in your offense's hand for the rest of the game. Cass City has accrued 336 total yards on 50 plays tonight. Hemlock Huskies 49 plays for 277. The, th the initial thought here was that Jordan Mester is going to get his 22nd carry of the game here, but it might be time to keep Bryce Fernald around the That's edge. We haven't seen it in a while. It might be that one here for Cass City. It's a... Quarterback keeper Bryce Fernald has the first down, down to the 30, to the 20, to the 15. One man to beat in Robert Napick. And Bryce Fernald actually slides down at the 12-yard line, something the Atlanta Falcons couldn't do. 2.59 left in the fourth quarter, and Fernald still on offense. Cass City with a smart play there. Those guys get paid a lot of money to score <laughs> touchdowns. They don't care if they win or not. That is a smart play and a huge run. Just what we figured it had to be coming. Bryce Fernald hits him with the biggest run of the game. He did it last week against Sandusky, and he does it right there. And this is an opportunity now for Cass City to seal this game under three minutes. I got to say, Dave, between you predicting the Cass City plays and Dan Benke predicting almost verbatim what Hemlock's doing, we should be in the headsets here, I think. Uh, there's part of us that wanted to go next door and help <laughs> those guys out because uh, the, the the offensive coordinator of Hemlock was telegraphing his plays all game long if you were watching them. First and 10 from the 12-yard line now. T formation straight. No chaser as a handoff to Jordan Mester up the gut. Still on his feet all the way down, and he's in. Touchdown, Cass City. From 12 yards out, Jordan Mester on a second, third, fourth, and fifth effort finds the end zone. And Hemlock was trying to go for the strip. Jordan Mester finds the end zone. You don't necessarily want Cassidy to score there, but I, I don't think they were upset by it because now they get a chance to get the ball back, maybe recover an onside kick. But you're absolutely right, guys. They were holding him up on purpose. Mester has two hands on the ball, head down, just churning his legs. They wouldn't allow him to go to the ground. It was either going to be a strip or a touchdown, nothing in between. And Cassidy puts a, a two-score lead up on Hemlock now as the two-point conversion is coming up. Straight formation. Once again, Bryce Fernald hands it off. Quarterback keeper, actually, Fernald, and he's into the end zone and a little bit of a late hit. Yes, indeed. As he was two yards in the end zone, he was plowed down to the ground. The two-point conversion is good. 
This will be a penalty against Braden Green. Little frustration coming there from the senior. 2.21 left in the fourth quarter, and now Cass City leads back once again by 14 points, 36-22. to And this will be 15 yards to the uh, moved up at the at the kickoff here. So Alex Perry, who normally kicks it down to about the 30-yard line, we could see him pin him inside the 20. No doubt about it, but you got to keep in mind that they're going to set up a return with some of their best athletes. So that special teams play is crucial for them to kick that ball deep and get a good coverage there and force now Hemlock with two minutes and 21 seconds to go all the way down the field, no timeouts, and try to score twice on this defense. Great series here by Cass City, starting with this defensive performance in the second half. Ten plays, 87 yards, five minutes and 10 seconds off the clock results in eight points. The Jordan Mester 12-yard run followed up with a Bryce Fernald two-point conversion. 2.21 left in the fourth quarter, a 14-point lead, 36-22. Mind you, at halftime, it was 14-6 Hemlock. Outscoring them. 14-12, uh, to 12, excuse me, at halftime. Thank you, Doug Cole, for that correction. 14-12. to 12. Hemlock was leading. So, Cassidy will kick off from the Hemlock 45-yard line after that 15-yard late hit. And it comes in at the 9-yard line brought in by Corbin Larkin. Chasing him down inside the 30 and finally wrapped up at the 27-yard line. Leading the way, Cameron Gostrunk, nose guard, as well as a running back, just a sophomore, as well as number 33, Noah Zaleski. First down in 10, 2.16 left in the fourth quarter. Hemlock trailing by two scores, 36-22. So with no timeouts, Hemlock doesn't huddle the way it is. So this is a situation they're very comfortable with, but they are going to try to utilize the sideline. If it's not there, they're going to try to get first downs in the middle of the field, deep passes. So if you're Cass City, you want to keep the play in front of you and make the tackle inbounds if possible. Looking to pass, evades one tackler. Legro still on his feet, now across the 25, downfield. It's caught in at the 48-yard line brought in by Corbin Larkin. He was close to the line of scrimmage there when he released that. Not exactly sure where he was exactly, but regardless, move the chains. Stops the clock momentarily with 2.06 remaining. It just He's very cool, isn't he? He just has no panic in him whatsoever. Evading defensive players like uh, Herford and, and Mahalik, and he's able to make a nice throw to get him almost to midfield already. Back to pass. Legro rolling to his right, looking to throw. Throws this one down, and this one's caught by at the 41-yard line by Jacob Shelikowski on the far sideline. At the 41, this will be a gain of 10 on the play. Stops the clock as he went out of bounds. Minute 54 left in the fourth quarter. Still a two-possession lead for Cassidy. This is a tough situation for Cass City because you don't want to blitz and get burned on a deep touchdown and put too much time on the clock. But at the same time, if you let uh, Legro dance around back there that long, he is going to find receivers, and he's going to find them down the field. A little low snap. He's in the backfield, and this one's nearly intercepted, but now actually caught by number 17 on the screen pass, Max Dininger. Legro was hit on the pass. Then Dininger was hit before he caught it, but he still brought it in, and there's the flag. And this very well could be a so what, personal what, foul what, against the coach. What's happening here is is Kyle Jordan actually makes contact with Dininger before the ball got there. And they did not call the penalty. Dininger catches it inbounds behind the line of scrimmage. And the Hemlock coach has come unglued. And whatever he said is going to cost his team 15 yards. Definitely no relation. Minute 37 <laughs> left in the fourth quarter. Still leading by 14 points. And this very well made block. Hemlock back 15 additional yards from the Cass City 41-yard line into their own territory. 
So Congress is still in session here at midfield. I understand the coach is upset. I, I actually would agree with him. That 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 contact should have drawn a penalty. Um, Kyle Jordan just got there a little early. It wasn't it wasn't vulgar by any means, but he was there and made contact with the receiver before the ball got there. I don't think it was deflected or anything like that. But as a coach, with a minute and a half to go in a playoff game, you can't cost your team 15 yards in a situation where you need two scores. So a minute 37 left, and now backing up 15 yards here is Hemlock, now back at their own 45-yard line. Seven penalties for 65 yards for the Huskies. Cassidy, two for 10 yards. Two wide to the left, two wide to the right. Screen, and it says slant for number 17. That'd be Max Dinger. Runs to midfield and runs out of bounds. Stops the clock with a minute 32. A nine-yard catch for Dinger. And now second down in a country mile still. You'll give that up if you're Cass City. You'll give him nine yards and then make him run halfway third down, down the field to get out of bounds because it's it gets correct. And thank you for the correction. It's third down, guys, not second down. Third down and 19. So on third and whatever that was, 25, you'll give up that short little pass. What was that, six yards maybe? Yeah, it was a second down and 25. Now it's a third down with the first line of scrimmage in St. Louis. Legro throwing downfield to the near sideline into triple coverage, and this one's nearly intercepted by Aiden Torres, as well as Bryce Fernald. Incomplete pass was intended for Shalagowski. Incomplete, and now Hemlock facing a fourth down in 19 at midfield. Well, we saw what, what happens with Legro's arm when he's got to throw it downfield. <laughs> that ball was a little wounded, boys. That ball fluttered, and, and Cassidy knew which way they were going. It was 11. Jacob Shelagowski's been his favorite target tonight. He's been targeted nine times. And guess how many Cassidy defenders were there? Three. three. All three of them. And they all located the football, but it was Jordan, uh, excuse me, the quarterback, Bryce Fernald, that goes up and makes the play and knocks it down. So fourth and 19, got to be the same thing for Hemlock. Cassidy bringing the blitz as he's rolling out of the pocket to the far sideline. He's well behind the line of scrimmage. Throws this one to the 40-yard line. This Incomplete. would have been 10 yards behind the first down marker. Incomplete. And that's a turnover on Downs in Cass City. With Hemlock's just one timeout remaining, we'll have the ability to kneel this one out. And Cass City will go for their second straight district title. What a performance here by Cass City as they do an excellent job against this high-power Hemlock offense. Had a little trouble with them early, but made some adjustments, kept the plays in front of them, and they found a little blitz package that worked really well. And on fourth down and whatever it was, 19 to go, they bring that blitz, force the quarterback to roll to his right, and he just doesn't have the arm strength to get it down the field, especially on the run. I think if you're the, the coach of Hemlock, you'd rather have saw him drop back and throw the ball right away. But nonetheless, Cassidy in their favorite formation, the, the victory Jenny, formation. The Jenny Flecked offense is out there. Peace be with you and with your spirit. That's a two-yard loss. And looks like he has to run two more plays. A minute seven remains. Anyone else knows here tonight they, the scoreboard skips the eights. It goes from 109 to 107 every time. Odd. Second down and 12 now. Less than a minute to play. Trying to get this play clock down to about five seconds before Bryce Fernald snaps it and kneels. 36 to 22. Cassidy... With a 14-point lead, just 42 seconds away from their second straight district title. There's the snap and the kneel. And that is it. 32 seconds left. The clock rolls down. Hemlock's 8-0 season comes to an end. And Cassidy's 8-0 season has now become a 9-0 season. Two-time district champions, two times in school history. 
The Cass City Redhawks with back-to-back district championships now advance to the regional finals to take on Ithaca in Ithaca next week. Congratulations to the Cass City Redhawks taking out the Hemlock Huskies on the road in Hemlock. Final score, 36-22. 24 points for the Cass City Redhawks in the second half. Just eight points for Hemlock in the third and fourth quarters. You're listening to the WLEW Sports Network, Cass City Victorious, 36-22, your district champions in Division 7. You're listening to your home for high school football, the WLEW Sports Network. Cass City victorious in the third week of the postseason, improved now to 9-0 on the season, and they secure their second straight district title, all two in school history in the past two years. Scott Cuthrell, past 18 years as head coach, 18 years in the last 20 years, I should say. Dave Hansen, take us through our scoring plays here. I'd be happy to, Clark. It started in the first quarter early in the game. Hemlock scores first on a Napic 53-yard touchdown run. Two-point conversion would fail, and Hemlock would take the lead early 6 to nothing. Cass City responded after just a couple plays, a 21-yard touchdown run by Jordan Mester. Two-point conversion would fail, and with 8.48 to go in the first quarter, we're all tied at 6. Still in the first quarter, Hemlock scores again on a 29-yard touchdown pass. The two-point conversion pass is good, and at the end of the first quarter, Hemlock would have the lead 14-6. to In the second quarter, just one touchdown, and it belonged to Cass City. Bryce Fernald on a keeper uh, from 18 yards away. The two-point conversion would fail, and at the half, Hemlock would hold the lead 14 to Cass City's 12. In the third quarter, on a fourth and four, Bryce Fernald keeps it himself and breaks free for a 42-yard touchdown run. Jordan Mester punches in the two-point conversion, and Cassidy takes their first lead of the game over Hemlock, 20-14. to 14. And that's how your third quarter would end. 20 Cassidy, 14 Hemlock. Fourth quarter, Cassidy scores again. Jordan Mester, 15-yard touchdown run. Noah Zaleski would punch in the two-pointer. And Cassidy now with a two-score lead, 28-14 to 14 with 10 minutes to go. But not so fast. Hemlock makes it a one-score game. Hitting Legro finds Murphy on a seven-yard touchdown pass. Two-point conversion, good. But Cassidy would still lead 28-22 with 7.31 to go. And late in the game with two minutes, 21 seconds to go, Jordan Mester... Would go would extend the lead to two scores with a 12 down 12 yard touchdown run, a 85 plus yard drive draining a ton of clock. Cass City would extend its lead 36 to 22, and would get the stop on fourth down to finish the game. Cass City wins over Hemlock 36 to 22. Hemlock ended up with 15 first downs in the night, 8 in the first half, 7 in the second half. Cassidy, 10 total, 4 in the first half, 6 in the second half. Hemlock had two turnovers, plus a turnover on downs. Cassidy had two no turnover on downs, both in the first half. They made it count. They were trailing at halftime by two points. They end up winning by 14, a 16-point swing in the final 24 minutes of play. Time possession in favor of Cassidy, 27-18. 27 minutes and 18 seconds, I should say. Hemlock with 20 minutes and 42 seconds on the night. 
in like Dave said, that 87-yard drive that consisted of 10 plays and covered 5 minutes and 10 seconds resulted in that Jordan Mester 12-yard run, made it 36-22 to after Fernald rented in for the two-point conversion. And it felt like Hemlock was starting to get some momentum there. They were starting to march. They started their own 26, and they started marching. They got two quick first downs, and then all of a sudden things stalled. They had two first downs in their first two plays, and then all of a sudden four downs. They couldn't do anything, stop in midfield, and Cassidy takes it from there. It's it's one of those deals where that, that last series that you saw, not not the not the genuflect offense and not the turnover of downs uh, after it was a two-score game. It was the two before that yes. where Cassidy allows the touchdown to make it a six-point game, and then that series – where they go 87 yards down the field after a misplay on special teams. They have to go 87 yards. They go all the way down the field. Bryce Fernald has a huge run on third down and about five, and he flips the field, forces Hemlock to use two of their timeouts, and then Jordan Mester is able to punch in another touchdown for Cass City to make it a two-score game. That drive, it felt like a lot longer than five minutes, but – they ate almost all the clock, left Hemlock with two minutes to go 60-plus yards down the field, 70 yards, whatever it was, with one timeout, and they score twice. It's just a situation where Cassidy could feast, and they certainly did that. Uh, they kept the plays in front of them. Um, they certainly uh, blitzed at the right time. They, they caused a little havoc in the backfield, and Legro just doesn't have the arm strength. We found that out early, and as the game went on, we saw – Please don't get beat deep. Please don't get beat defense. Where Legro could throw it 10 yards down the field, get his receivers wide open, and just move the ball whenever he wanted. And as the game moved on, instead of 10 yards of cushion, they were giving eight, and then six yards of cushion, realizing later in the second half that Legro's not going to throw it over our heads. He wants those quick hitters. He wants the slants, the screens, the, the six-yard curl routes, and then let his receivers do do the work. Instead of running the ball for four yards like Cass City, we were seeing Hemlock throw the ball for five and six yards, the same style at spread offense. And as the game moved on, Cass City started to blitz, started to bring those defenders up a little bit, realizing the arm strength wasn't there, and Hemlock had no answer in the second half. Not at all. Not at all. And when you take a look at total offensive production here, Cass City with 366 yards on 54 plays. Hemlock ran one more play than them. 55 plays for 311 yards, so 55 yards less and one more yard, one more play than Cass City. Cass City attempted one pass, was incomplete. Everything else was a run. 53 carries tonight for 366 yards. Leading the way, Jordan Messer, 22 carries, 190 yards, and three scores for Jordan Messer tonight. Bryce Fernald, 12 carries, 78 yards, and two scores. Noah Zaleski, 11 carries, 65 yards, and Alex Perry, 8 carries for 33 yards. Impressive numbers there, Dave, and we want to call the Thompson Chevrolet player of the game already. Uh, absolutely, we know who it is. It's going to be Jordan Mester. Uh, absolutely a fantastic game. Um, he, he literally, in the first half, he was the only guy that did anything. In the second half, it was more of the same. But uh, it, I, I will mention that I, I've got to give some credit to Bryce Fernald and Noah Zaleski, and Alex Perry had a run in there too. Um, late in the game, you could tell that Jordan Mester was starting to lose that burst mm-hmm. that he had. Mm-hmm. and Well, for good reason. Well, for very good reason. He's playing both ways, probably on special teams too. What what we needed was we needed something from Alex Perry, from Zaleski and Fernald. And Zaleski had a couple big carries on that five-minute drive late in the game for some key first downs. And then Bryce Fernald finishes one off. Alex Perry had one really good yard run in there for like him first down. I think he got five yards to set up 
the situation for later and use those timeouts of Hemlock. So they got the runs needed towards the end of the game from the other guys, but uh, defensively they did just enough to hold down this high-powered Hemlock offense, which all you can do, and their offense, I thought, rebounded nicely, led by Jordan Mester. Hemlock scored to make it 14-6 to with 6.25 left in the first quarter. They would not score again until the 7.31 mark in the fourth quarter. Correct. They, they shut them out for two quarters, and that, that's impressive because I don't know how many quarters this year Hemlock's been shut out. They've scored a lot of points, and you can see teams that can be mismatched in the secondary. Oh, yeah. And uh, we knew that would be – it was one of my key points at the beginning of the game was, it was what is the secondary going to do against a team that wants to throw the football? And uh, they didn't do anything special. They, they did have a pick, but it was gift-wrapped. Uh, had a bow on it and everything. Um, but otherwise – this secondary was bend, not break, and it was up to those linebackers and guys like Connor Herford and Mahalik up front that were wreaking havoc on Dylan LeGros. And when they caused pressure, caused LeGros to get off that spot that he wanted to throw on, don't get me wrong, LeGros made a couple nice throws on the run. But when they got him off that spot, you didn't see those big plays anymore. Final score, 36-22. to Cass City with a 14-point victory over Hemlock for their ninth victory this season. And congratulations, Dave Hansen. You just secured your second victory this season in the media round table. You took Cassidy by 10 points, 26-16. to 16. It was actually a 14-point victory. Doug Cole also took Cassidy by 6 points. Dan Banky took Cassidy by 8 points. Paul was on the other side by 6. So, congratulations on your second victory of the season. You, Doug Cole still has what up? Two-game two lead, two-game two game lead, lead yeah. potentially yeah. so. So I, I need I need one of our one of our teams, whether it be Cassidy especially or or well, let's not go there. <laughs> uh, just to get a half, I, I need Cassidy or Ubley to play one more week after next week. So we'll see how that goes. Dave Hansen, final thoughts from tonight. Hey, it was uh, first of all, I want to thank Hemlock for uh, wonderful Excellent hospitality. hospitality. Um, the, the place is great. Um, I, I'm finally now as we're leaving, used to the blue track <laughs> that outlines the field. But uh, otherwise, uh, great hospitality. The field is an excellent position. We uh, condition. We did see a couple guys slip, but it, overall, the, the field held up very well. And uh, Hem- Hemlock has a heck of a good team. Uh, it was it's fun to watch a team spread it out, do things a little differently, and uh, just credit Cass City. They they grinded through an early first half that looked a little bleak. They, they kept it a, a two-point game, and, and they turned on the Jets in the second half, which is something that we've been critical on in Cass City over the years is the lack of adjustments. And uh, we saw it last week. It took late in the game for Bryce Fernald to kind of let loose. I, I'm sure there was a hashtag out there, free Bryce Fernald, right? They finally got him <laughs> loose last week. We didn't. We saw it tonight. We saw the diversification in the offense, everybody getting involved. Um, Alex Perry, He everybody had double-digit carries except Alex Perry, which is surprising. But uh, a lot of carries go around, a lot of versatility on offense, and they're going to need that moving forward into the playoffs. So great job by Cassidy, making adjustments and doing what they need to do on defense. Tonight's game of the week was brought to you by Thumb Sailor, the dog of the thumb. DS Services of Cassidy, Kinetic Radiator and Air Conditioning of Bannex, Rainey's Hunting Center, 269 Guns. The Heron Daily Tribune, home of the prep zone, North Star Bank, here on Auto Parts, Farmers Co-op, Grain Company of Cassidy, Countryside Sales and Service, Stacks Market of Owendale, Thumb Bank and Trust, the Michigan High School Athletic Association, and Sure Health. Better health, better life, are you sure? I are, on behalf of our entire broadcast team here from Hemlock, Michigan, Dan Benke, 
Spotter, best in the business, also best statistician in the business, director of sports information, Doug Cole. In-game analysis, Dave Hansen, and I'm Clark Ramsey, producer and host of this broadcast. We hope you enjoyed tonight's game. I think everyone in Cass City certainly did, and everyone else in the entire thumb. A strong finish from the Cass City Redhawks secures a 14-point victory, 36-22, and now advanced to take on Ithaca in Ithaca for the regional final. Obley takes out Flint Beecher 42-0, and they are District Champions in Division 8. We'll see you for the strong side Sunday at 7 p.m. So long. This has been a presentation of the WLEW Sports Network, powered by Agri-Valley Services, on Sports Radio 102.1 FM, and live and worldwide at WLEWsports.com. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Just search for WLEW Sports. Your home for high school football is the WLEW Sports Network.